Australian accent. <laughs> be pretty good. Yeah. All right, so this is, uh, you know, I'm going to actually stop saying that because every time I say, all right, this is, or okay, that was. So this is Witch Police Radio. All right. Episode number six. And I'm Sam. I'm here with... Rob. And, John. And this week we're going to talk to you about the police. Not the band. We made that pretty clear last week, I think, that that wasn't cool. <laughs> There's not going to be any sting in this episode. We can talk about Sting. Yeah, we, we can talk about Sting. We but, um, Sting. don't need to talk about Sting. All right. No. I, I think cool. this is just another one of these themes where it's like a one-word thing that's, that's vague enough that there's a lot of interpretation. I mean, last week was a little too specific almost. It worked well, but the New York theme, but this is um, pretty wide open. So. Mm-hmm. so, yeah, police. I mean, there's lots of songs about the police. And so we got a lot to pick from. Yeah, I ended up going um, in the opposite direction for a couple of mine and talking like songs about criminals, which I thought fit the theme. In a, kind of fits the theme, yeah. yeah. Kind of is the opposite of the theme. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> kind of the opposite. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what to say about I don't know, that. But I don't know what you guys picked. <laughs> no, that's cool. I mean, I, I, uh, well, I, I picked a bunch of songs about farmers. Yeah, I mean, please fit in there in their own way. Yeah, I yeah, just picked village people songs every time. <laughs> the one where the policeman is really prominent. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. I don't know. I, I, I mean, I guess that's the thing, though, right? It's you can you can do whatever you want with the loose themes like this. I mean, if we said the songs have to be with the police, then those wouldn't work. But because it's just one word thing, you can do whatever you want. So, yeah. I just wanted to say too before we get started on this one that I think that um, last week's episode did what I want the podcast to do, um, where you, you played that Big L song. I'd only heard the name, and I loved it, and I went and downloaded all this stuff, and I've been listening to it. You went and, and bought it all off iTunes. I don't have... A, no, I went, and downloaded, <laughs> I went and downloaded it illegally, and... Uh, <laughs> yeah, speaking of criminals, right? Like, so that's so that's what, that's what we want the podcast to accomplish, is more people, stealing music. Yeah, we want people to hear it and be like, oh man, this is great, I'm going to go steal it illegally. <laughs> but no, I mean, it's just the point of introducing people to new stuff, right? I'd heard the name before, didn't really have any connection to what it sounded like, liked it got it let's do it this week a lot so cool. that's cool hopefully other people are hearing this and i mean yeah picking up on some new, new ideas. that's what i would like yeah. to happen with this i think i mean or just people who want to hear what we have to say but we're not you know no. we're, we're not qualified to say anything <laughs> i think about. most of what we say is completely false yeah anyway. <laughs> oh yeah in terms of fact checking if that, i mean if that ever happens if there's ever fact checking uh, we should just do an episode where it would yeah we, we just, just correct all of our errors, yeah. previous yeah. episodes you know, you, you know that sports show pardon the interruption where they have like it. it's good because they have a guy working fact checking during the whole episode so at the oh, end really? so, oh, the, really? so the end of the episode he goes over everything they got wrong that's awesome that yeah. sounds actually i bet there's a lot of it too sometimes sometimes there's like, like almost nothing or something yeah, well, I know we've had some some errors in ours. Like, I've definitely said stuff that... Because it's like, if you're remembering a story about why a song was written or something, and it's like, oh yeah, I read this in a book three years ago. Yeah. This is my recollection of it. And then it's kind of this hazy, weird... Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, Police. John... Yeah, I was going to start it up with uh, a song by The Silencers called Policeman. Yeah. And I think it's worth noting that The Silencers... This, again, could be a factual error right here. But The Silencers were... Another, <laughs> there was another band called The Silencers that actually had, like, albums and stuff, and I think it was in the 80s. This is not that. I have no clue what they sound like, yeah. but this is not them. This is, um... It's Tim Armstrong from Rancid. And uh, Vic, Vic Ruggiero from The Slackers. Yeah. And a bunch of other guys from The Hellcat. And was this, like, a pretty much one-off As far project? as I know, it was a one-off thing. I only ever heard anything by The Silencers on that Give Them the Boot compilation, volume one of that uh, series. So... I think it was just a one-off thing. There's a couple other songs in there that are one-off things, too, uh, as far as I know. So. Yeah. Okay, yeah, so let's check it out and we can talk about it okay, a little cool. bit afterwards. So, right. silencers, policemen. 
Policeman by the Silencers. Yep. Off of uh, the Give 'em the Boot soundtrack, which it's not a soundtrack, it's just oh, a sound, yeah, compilation. Yeah, compilation. They, did, they had like six of them out, I think now though. Yeah, but, but both both Sam and I had that in uh, I guess it was junior high. Uh, I think it might have been like grade nine or something. Whatever. Yeah, it was. Anyway, yeah. yeah, We we got it. Uh, I got it in the states. You probably got it the same place. In yeah. Or wherever I think we were. So. Yeah, it's really good. It's um like I have a couple of them still, and the first one is actually my car right now, but it really uh, holds up. Like, there's a lot of really good stuff on it. And uh, at that point, I think Hellcat Records was my favorite current record label. Like, mm-hmm. they were releasing a lot of bands that I was really into, like the Slackers and Rancid and uh, Hepcat, and like lots of um, kind of the good side of the third wave of ska. You know, the stuff that, like, I don't know how much you guys listen to ska, probably not a ton. Are you, well, you no, did, and shortly after that, my tastes completely right. changed. I came back to that CD about a decade after I, I, I got it. With the stuff we, like, what you would call yes third wave ska was like like mighty 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 boss tones yeah well like that, like. The, the problem is and actually this is something that like i think is the issue with ska a big issue with ska for a lot of people is that like it's divided up into time periods and then into subgenres with each time period as well so like you say third wave ska people tend to think like real big fish mighty mighty boss tones like hey kids we're goofy we're in plaid suits we got to you know like and it's just it's not a lot of it doesn't really kind of hold up when you listen to it at the time, it was great when you're like 15, but you listen to it now and just like really. I, I've I tried... didn't even think it was great. When well, I was exactly. 15. Right? <laughs> but I, I, I was into that stuff. I tried listening to Real Big Fish like a couple months ago, and I, I couldn't. I couldn't get through it. Like it was bad. And I think that's the problem. Is like the third wave. Like the way the waves work chronologically is like the first wave is the 19 late 50s early 60s Jamaican stuff when it was created, right? Second wave is England in the 70s, late 70s early 80s when the specials and madness and bands like that. And the, th- I'm into that. That stuff, stuff is great. It's yeah. great. And then the third wave is the mid 90s kind of California. Yeah. You know, not just California, but US thing. And um is there a fourth wave now? No, there can't. It's like the, the Nickelodeon uh, record is, label. No, this is the thing though. <laughs> there can't be a four, like the problem with the terminology is that the waves are based on Ska getting mainstream popularity, right? And every time it's happened, it's been very brief. Like, I mean, even the, the specials and stuff, like, that was a pretty small blip on the radar, right? And same with bands like the Boston's and all that. It was like, they're like one hit one. I mean, they had tons of albums out by that point, but they had the one yeah. hit, right? And so, like, you say third wave Ska, people think of that. And, but the time frame, you got bands like Hepcat, which play, like, they sound like they're from the 60s. You have bands like the Slackers, you're playing Soul, and they've got, like, all these other, all these other things mixing Soul and Reggae, and, like, it's totally different. And then you have, like, so the problem is you get third wave Scott people think punk pop, they, think, yeah. they think pop punk with horns you know and there's really cheesy lyrics and goofy and like ironic and and that stuff is bad and it's not it's not good and so the problem is you can't I feel awkward saying I listen to ska even though I do listen to a lot of ska because people will automatically associate it with that they won't even think of I mean, you have to think maybe like the specials or something, but they're not going to think beyond that. They're not going to go back to the '60s, and they're not going to. I think th- if you told someone, if you, you met someone tomorrow and were like, "Yeah, I listen to ska," I think they'd just be confused. Well, that's yeah, it's the other thing like, too. What, right? Like, what do you what ska? Like, what do you, yeah. where are you listening is, to yeah. ska? <laughs> and then there's also the confusion about the chronology with ska and reggae. People, I see people all the time on the internet trying to explain what it is because you know I look at a lot of music websites and stuff, right? And I have the I make the bad judgment of reading comment sections on music websites, and they're always just like it hurts the brain. But people are always talking about ska. Oh yeah, it's like reggae with like punk rock mix. And no, like ska is like the predecessor to reggae. It's like reggae comes from you know, and people so people have that totally confused. So it's it's almost like useless to say you like it. But um, mm-hmm. and yeah, that's what I, I'm gone off on a 
tangent here, but... Yeah, it's weird how popular it seemed to be, like, when we were... Well, we were, like, 15, 99, 96, there 97. There shows all the time. There was, I was in the I, I was surprised that there was a Scalloween this year. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's been going but, on oh, since... Oh, yeah. the, the reason there's not going to be a fourth wave is, in my opinion, is because... Well, first of all, every one of these waves... Like, time-wise, every 20 years or so, right? So it should have come up by now. But, or it should be coming up right now. But the reason it's not going to happen is because it's tied into the mainstream popularity. Ska's not going to be mainstream popular no. ever again. Because because of the way music is right now. Music right now, you can listen to anything. Ska, I guarantee you there's some Ska bands right now who have more bigger fan bases than the, the top Ska bands did in the 90s. But because you can listen to anything you want right now, like the, the radio doesn't matter anymore. You know what I mean? Like they, they could be a huge Scott scene. It probably is in some parts of the states and stuff. And like they're not going to get any mainstream attention because people. Because now you can just any music from any era ever. You can just get the click of a button, right? So there's no. I don't think smaller scenes. I think they'll be huge on their own. But I don't think they're going to get huge. Like the Boston's. There's no not going to be another band like the Boston's playing Scott and getting a number one. I, I don't think so. Or not in the near anytime soon. Yeah, and I don't know what the new what the change in the genre would be because the big you know. 60s stuff is based on uh, American R&B and jazz, right? 70s stuff is like a takeoff on that mixed with whatever was going on in England at the time. 90s stuff is whatever was going on in America with pop punk and shit mixed in with that. So what's happening now? Like, is it going to be dubstep ska or something? I mean, they're horrible. Sure, why not? I mean, there's nothing wrong with someone doing it. If they do it, that's cool. But, like, I can't see that something like that becoming as huge as it... I don't know. Yeah. So that's my... <laughs> Your scar rent. Yeah. Anyway, what do you, what, you maybe want to talk about the theme with the police? Uh, I mean, no. But I thought you, I thought you were saying some interesting stuff about Tim Armstrong. Oh yeah, yeah. Or, I was going uh, to um, listening to the song. Yeah. Well, it kind of some of it kind of ties into the next song I was going to play. But I was I've been listening to Rancid lately. I mean, I still like Rancid. They're one of those bands I listen uh, the punk bands I listened to back then that I still. I mean, they're good. They're a good band. And I've always kind of thought, without thinking about it, it's just kind of oh yeah, Tim Armstrong is the lead singer of Rancid, right? Like, who would you guys would you guys say that as well? Yeah, he's the thinking, standout. He's the, he's the guy, but I was listening to their albums, and he is not the lead singer. I mean, Lars Fredrickson sings lead on way more songs and way better songs. Like, um, Life Won't Wait, you know? Mm-hmm. That was one of the, that was the first album I ever, like, went to a music store day it got released to buy it. Like, I was, you know, I love the album. It's a really good record, but um, all the good songs are Lars Fredrickson singing them, singing lead on them. I didn't even occur to me at the time. I always thought, like, oh, yeah, Tim Armstrong's a good... Because, you know, he's got that stupid, like, I'm drunk and I can't stand up voice, you know? <laughs> so you remember it more, but... Um, you watch videos of them too, and he's not playing guitar. He's holding a guitar like vertically, <laughs> yeah. occasionally strumming it. And Lars is doing all the singing and all the guitar playing. Hmm. So like, and he only came in in the second album. He wasn't even there for the, the first album. So like, if they didn't have him, they'd be useless. Like, they'd be brutal. He's the, he doesn't get enough credit anyway. Hmm. Lars Fredrickson should be getting sitting on his money somewhere, probably. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Spending it more on more face tattoos or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> so, but you were gonna say. Uh, yeah. Okay. The next song I was gonna play, unless you have something else you want to say. Uh, about no. I think we can move on. The next song I was gonna play is by Leftover Crack, and it's. Um, we'll get into the theme after we listen to it because that's pretty obvious too. But um, the relation to this last thing we just heard is that they were all signed to Hellcat Records at one point. Um, so for anyone who hasn't figured out, Hellcat Records is Tim Armstrong's label. By Tim Armstrong. Okay. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a sub-label of Epitaph, which is like, you know, the big punk label that put out Bad Religion and Offspring and all that stuff. Um, so Hellcat Records is Tim Armstrong's label. Leftover Crack was on Hellcat, and um, they put out an album that was going to be called, this is kind of time-sensitive too with the horrible news, but it was going to be called like Shoot the Kids at School or something. Something like that was the name of the album was going to be. But Tim Armstrong was like, no, we can't call it that. So they called the album Mediocre Generica. To like, you know, kind of... Uh, right, as a shot. Yeah, as a shot at him. So, and then, I don't know the actual story. of I took a quick look to look it up. But they have a song 
on a later, um, I think it's on an EP called uh, "And Out Comes the N Word," and apparently, like, they're not on Hellcat anymore. Obviously, they had like a major falling out with Tim Armstrong, and I guess Tim Armstrong there must have been some incident where he uh, dropped the N bomb because it's you know the reference to the Reds' album title "And Out Come the Wolves." And yeah, and we haven't really really been able to get to the bottom of. No, I mean, I actually read an interview. I read an interview with him once years ago about it, and I just tried to look it up, but I mean. Anyway, so it's, it's kind of interesting that they tie in, because they were on the same label, and it actually their um, predecessor band, like, a lot of these bands, like Choking, uh, Leftover Crack, are kind of this weird, they're like weird squatters and stuff, and they, they all, half the members are in other bands together and everything, and one of them was Choking Victim, and Choking Victim is on that Given the Boot compilation with the Silencer song, and that song's about scabies that they have on there. <laughs> it's called Infested. I actually really wish I'd played it for the diseases. Right. Like, but anyway, so choking victim, leftover crack, all these bands. There's a bunch of them. The Crack Rock Steady Seven. They're all they're all related, right? So this song I'm gonna play is called um, Gang Control. It's by Leftover Crack. It's a pretty anti-police song. Apparently, it's a cover. I've, I haven't heard. The, I don't even sure who the original is by. I don't know, so I'm not sure if that's right. But um, the other tie-in. I know I'm talking a lot. You guys haven't said anything, but hopefully, when your songs. <laughs> um, the other the other tie-in is that. Um, this album is called Fuck World Trade that it's on, that this song's from. And, you know, obviously controversial, just like their other album was going to be. Uh, Steve Albini recorded it for them. And I think uh, I, I, I think I was telling you guys this before, but um, I think it's really, really accomplished album um, as a whole. Like, it's... I mean, you listen to the song, you can hear it. It's, like, really, really kind of raw, low, almost lo-fi sounding, like dirty dirty ska with like screeching but the album itself is all kinds of there's really interesting like uh instrumental parts with strings and stuff and it all really like as a as a solid like album from start to finish it's one of the better ones i've heard um from that kind of time period so Mm -hmm. let's let's fire it up leftover crack
was um Fuck the mental leptus! <laughs> yeah. I got Sothro! Fuck yeah. the fisherman's friend! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, leftover crack. Gang control. And what were you saying about the name leftover crack? They call themselves Oh apparently crack. yeah. Apparently they call themselves leftover crack because like it's funny that the crackhead would never the leftover crack wouldn't exist. Right. Because, you know, if you're smoking smoke crack, you'd smoke it all, yeah. So I mean, that one's for the theme of police, too. Just like the first one, it's pretty straightforward and obvious. Like, I don't think there's anything. What are these guys doing? Like, uh, like Leftover Crack and um, uh, Rancid Guy, Tim Armstrong. Like, what are they doing that they, they're so mad at the police? Why do they keep getting beat up by police? Well, <laughs> these guys, why do they keep getting beat up by police? Well, I guess these guys are squatting and uh, probably, probably flipping cops off all the time. Yeah, yeah, like, for sure. I mean, I've seen videos of them playing live where they're like, taunting the cops from the stage, you know, like they're deliberately antagonizing them, you know, like these guys look like they probably, like that song about Scabies from other bands, probably like a first-hand experience, you know, they're um, I think we were talking before about how there's so many songs about police and uh, uh, it's not really necessarily the idea of police that's the problem, but yeah. it's the establishment, right? Yeah. So it's like, that's the only time you actually physically connect with the establishment right that's why they're so against police or in a negative way or yeah but like essentially the the establishment is negative right so if that's your entry point if that's your way to interface with with it then you're gonna be really angry at it but i mean you got there's gotta be better ways than to bring down the establishment than just being like fuck the police fuck the police (laughs) it's catchy though right like it's i mean yeah, it's catchy, it's silly kind of. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, for sure. It, I mean, it's ridiculous. But I mean, I guess part of the thing too is that, like, you know, I mean, the band's called Leftover Crack. The album's called Fuck World Trade, and it's like the album cover is ridiculous. You know, like, <laughs> like, do, do they find it funny? I think that they're serious about the politics, but I think that they kind of aren't as. I mean, there are bands who are 100 percent like earnest about this, and to the point where it's annoying. You know what I mean? Like, and and they're. Like this is a little bit more lighter. Does it helps make it a little cartoony. Almost? Yeah, it makes it. It's like it's goofy. It's like uh, I mean, instead of saying some big uh, elaborate kind of attempting to be poetic about it, it's just fuck the police, you know. Which, I mean, I don't know. I think it's more accessible, but it, they're so ridiculous that like, I don't know. I mean, I like them. Uh, I don't kind of take the politics as seriously, or I mean, I don't think the politics seriously because ridiculous. I mean, because <laughs> <laughs> but like, I, I think a band like Propagandi. I at least think more, like I read the lyrics, right? And I'll be at least like, okay, that's, even if I don't necessarily agree with it, I mean, sometimes I do, sometimes I don't, but I'll at least give it some thought because it's, you know, it's uh, especially their later albums, which we talked about in another episode where it's a little more subtle and stuff. But this is just like, here it is, we're called Leftover Crack, we haven't bathed in six months, you know, we're screaming at you in these horrible voices, like, it's just, yeah. There it is. Yeah. And, you, and you're saying, like, your friends went to see them in the States and they played a bowling alley because like yeah, yeah. they can't get real venues. And you look yeah. at the picture of them on the back of the record and, like, that you can see, like, it's a picture of them playing live on stage. Yeah. But you can see, like, holes in their shoes. Like, oh, yeah. they're <laughs> totally. not, like, they're not, like, faking it. <laughs> the funny thing with Crust Punks, too, is that, like, Crust Punks will never admit this because they hate them, but they are hippies. They're, yeah. they're the, hmm. as big hippies as hippies. Like, you know, the same politics, same clothes, they all have dreads. But they're, they're homemade. They're much more they, right. But they're much more militarized. They're or, aggressive hippies. Right. Yeah. yeah. But which is like thing. a thing. Yeah. It's exactly the same thing though. They're like hip hippies who read David Icke. 
<laughs> this is going right in my head. This is, yeah. is it the reptile guy? Yeah, the reptile guy. Yeah. The All conspiracy right. theorist. I don't like, know what guru. Alright, I don't know. Maybe I should look into it. You gotta wake up, man. Yeah. yeah, apparently. Obama's just a lizard like the rest of them. <laughs> I thought he was a Kenyan Muslim. <laughs> And a lizard. He's all yeah, a Kenyan Muslim lizard. That's cool. Um, <laughs> I don't know, but yeah, that was that was. Uh, I mean, that was that would be third wave ska, right? I mean, that's how it would be classified, just because it's like nineties and onward, and it's definitely got the fast punk thing going on. But I mean, this, compared to the first song, it's a pretty different style of music. I mean, there's the same guitar rhythm, basically, you know. But like everything else, yeah, they're, they're totally different. I mean. You can classify as the same. That's the problem. That's why ska is uh, so confusing to people because they're both third wave ska, but like they're yeah. It's like if you just uh, I mean everything is every genre has that problems, but I think ska because it's got the time timeline. Has there ever been a band where they were like right on the edge where it's like I don't is this is kind of ska but not really like because you, you kind of have to have that yeah. guitar rhythm well, and if you don't have it you're it's not, not ska. Yeah, there's bands that are around right now that call themselves ska bands, but they're punk with horns. Because I think a lot of people who grew up when they were little kids when this was happening in the 90s, they thought that's the only ska they know about. Right. So they hear, okay, this is punk with horns, and then they're like, oh, this is a little upbeat thing, you know, whatever, don't worry about that. Horns equals ska. Horns equals ska. Yeah. yeah. And like, I remember um, when we were in, I was in Grandpa's Army, I was in a ska band in the 90s, and this is even when it was at its peak. And there was this kid who went to our high school, I'm not going to say his name because I didn't really know him very well, I don't want to insult the guy, but like, we were getting ready for a show. Um, we were all in our suits on. We were about to leave to go to the Albert. Is that another thing? You have to wear a suit to be in a ska band? No, you don't have to, but everyone did it, right? That was the thing. <laughs> it was like, oh, you look good. We're obviously... Anyway, we have our suits, and there's a bunch of guys with trombones and shit. And, like, um, we're about to... We're leaving my house. And uh, this guy who went to our school happens to be walking by, and he's like, oh, hey, you guys are in a swing band, right? <laughs> and so, you know, we explained to him that, no, it was a ska band. And he's like, yeah, but that's, like, the same thing as swing, isn't it? And that was, like, at the height of it. So, and that's just a guy who just you know, didn't know what the difference so now, I mean, kinda of years detached from Scott's last big thing, I think it's even more people like what? It was just like Yeah, like if you I was working in a high school uh a few weeks ago and I was talking to the kids and they were talking about how much they like rap and they didn't even know who old Dirty Bastard was. Really? If you said ska to them, they would yeah. probably be so confused. They'd have no idea what ska yeah. is. Yeah they would yeah. If they don't, I mean, they're idiots. <laughs> But what, at what point did we learn about older stuff, though? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I like to think that I, we, we listened... We, I mean, you selective memory, right? Oh, yeah, I was into whatever, you know, when I was 12. But, I mean, there's probably a point where we were completely ignorant. And we were Not listening me. to one thing. <laughs> we were listening to one thing. Like, you probably There's definitely a point where you listen to rap and you had no clue what the roots of that was, you know? Definitely. And, but then you figured it out afterwards. And you probably even... I mean, I, I know I said... Or there was, there was a time when I listened to rap and I listened to bad rap because I yeah. didn't really know better didn't, rap. Exactly, right? Yeah. So, so uh, yeah. So these kids are playing punk with horns and think it's ska. It's not because they're bad people. It's, they just, <laughs> I mean, they kind of are bad people for playing third wave ska detached <laughs> from when it was popular. But, like... Yeah. Like, I mean, I can't understand why Real Big Fish still tours and has fans. Like, it's just the... Um, Really it's just it's just the one guy, the one the singer, and then a bunch of replacement members, and like they're terrible. It's not I don't know, I'm getting but enough about ska. Yeah, so I'm playing the next song. Yeah, and it's not ska. It's definitely not ska. I'm very surprised. Yeah, it's ska. Yeah, right. It's like the opposite of ska. All right, uh, I'm playing. I have a dream too, by Dead Prez. This is my favorite Dead Prez song. I'm very excited. Yeah, it's it's one of my favorite 
Dead Press songs for sure. It's off uh, their second album, RBG, which is I think their best record. Yeah, it's, for sure. It's it's really incredible. Like there's so much the production, the the lyrics, the song concepts. It's such a such a great album. And well, of course it's Dead Prez, so it's very uh, uh, militant. And I think start to finish is really good too. Yeah, and like, like I like I like the uh, live bass on most songs. Yeah. A lot of live instrumentation. Yeah, it's really good. It's really good. Um, this is one of those records that I, I have. Um, I mean, I do this sometimes. I try not to do it that often, but where I have it on CD and I bought it on vinyl too, mm-hmm. just because like I really like it. Um. So yeah, this song I have a dream too is uh, them describing doing a drive-by on police officers. Yeah. And, um, yeah, we were, we were talking about how, you know, how people, that's how people kind of interface with the system that they feel is oppressing them is through the police. And I think the idea behind Dead Prez is like, there's another song on the album where they talk about how there's this kid in the neighborhood getting harassed by the police and like all the neighbors came out and kind of were like, hey, police officer, let that kid yeah. go. And it, the song is about how proud he was that his community came out and Stood was like, get this guy out of here. And I think the way they see it is like, how do you send someone who's not from this neighborhood to walk around and decide who's right and who's wrong? Yeah. They like kind of want to have their own community thing. They they don't need like outside Policing, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, for sure. Well, I think that's kind of a, like, that's kind of a common theme with their music too. Yeah, of course. Sort yeah. Of thing. Like, it's really, really pro-community, like. Yeah. And even like even there's another song on here I'm thinking of um, is not the same as that but um, the one we're talking about making fake IDs and stuff and like uh, right. it's like basically a list of how to commit these various crimes of how to like, live off crime yeah exactly petty crime petty and crime that, to like that, screw over the system though it's not yeah good. and that's that's why I love it because it's it's so not like their their songs and their albums are so not like glamorizing crime it's yeah. not like Rick Ross like I'm a, I'm a cocaine dealer look at yeah. me I'm so rich exactly, and yeah. I, yeah. I have sex with models yeah. it's like like we're poor like in that song you're talking about he's they're like we, the lights got turned off yep. we're living with candles let me tell you how we can call the pizza guy and then rob and then the rob pizza him, yeah, guy yeah, yeah. you know like yeah. so it's not glamorous it's just kind of like yeah and it's not even it's not even like uh, it's not even like there's any judgment on it either it's just like this is what we gotta do because yeah. the lights are off so we'll rob the pizza yeah. guy make a fake ID sell this you know steal a credit card whatever and this this song we're gonna play like it it's explicitly about uh killing people yeah. killing police officers um but it's the mo- definitely the most extreme song on the album and like late in a later song there's even a, one of the lines is like you know this is just a song but if you really want to if you really want to get down come come start a food yeah, drive yeah, with that's us that's right yeah they actually like talk yeah. about like legitimate ways of like helping the community so they're yeah they're not just like some bullshit you know well i think also in this song like i mean we'll hear it in a second but there's uh a common theme, especially on this album too, there's a bit of it is um, like about personal uh, like self improvement yeah. stuff, and like the bit in the song about, about the beginning about like the cops can't chase them because they're too you know too fat from the donuts and the cinnamon buns or whatever. You can't run after them. Yeah. And then like later on the record, they're talking about working out not just for the video, but for like you know yeah for their health. Yeah, and because you're gonna need, you might need it if you yeah. come up with a situation where you need to be like fit, you know. And they have a really. Ne- like negative song about their their like struggles with alcohol like, yeah but this the song about how like uh written from the point of view of being alcoholics yeah, i'm not sure good. if they are or not because they seem like pretty healthy guys they actually do. but it's just about how like you know they went drunk and they started drinking or they got drunk drank too much got sick and they're just like what am i doing you know yeah uh so let's, let me, yeah, let's, yeah, let's listen to it yeah, yeah. 
there was a uh, an incident where a police had shot a black man in the back and then went and planted a gun next to him and said that the guy had drawed a gun on him, which we found out after the investigation, the guy didn't have no gun. Police had shot him in cold blood. Cold blood. And in the news, Wake up, nigga. the police shot another nigga today in the South Bronx. Wake up, nigga. And his only weapon was his wallet. the lap, big gat in my lap, ready for combat, feeling like Geronimo Pratt, we had the windows cracked, headed up to the strip, black rag in my hand, don't want no prints on the clip, hollow tips, cause we thorough with this shit, my nigga, this ain't no game, we bang for you, who my nigga, now take a left with the light, turn off the headlights and ride real slow, now holla at me when you see the 5-0, alright dirty, y'all boys ready, we bout to turn drive-bys revolutionary, yeah motherfucker, yeah! Yeah, motherfucker, yeah! Look at them run, too scared to pull their guns Out of shape from them coffees and them cinnamon buns This shit is fun, how I feel when the tables is turned Hollow tips hit your flesh, do your vest and it burn That's the lesson you learn, coming straight from the slums And it don't stop till we get full freedom Yo, yeah, you wanna help off Die, die, die! <laughs> Yo, you got him? Hell yeah, I got him Um, so that was I Have a Dream 2 by Dead Prez. Yep. Uh, the, f- the first time I heard that song, um, my friend had a radio station, so he would get promo versions of all these records before they came out. So he got a copy of that record before it came out, and he brought it over to uh, another friend's house. There's just a bunch of us just hanging out. Um, and he put it on, and we were listening to it. And I think that's that song we played is about the third or fourth song. Yeah, it's the third. 
And, like, that song came on, and, like, we knew this was the unreleased version of the album, and I was just like, there's no way this record's coming out. <laughs> yeah. Like, after that song, like, there's lots of controversial songs, and, like... Well, wasn't there some kind of... Like, didn't it take forever to get this album out anyway? Because some kind of record company... Yeah, and then issue, they like... and they, they had to put, like, Jay-Z. Like, because the yeah. version I have, like, Jay-Z's not on it, like, uh... But this one has, like, four remixes of the same song at the end. Yeah, this... One of them with Jay-Z. Yeah, the, uh, remix to Hell Yeah, which is the song we yeah. were talking about, yeah. how... Uh, robbing pizza men and yeah. stuff. Pimp the system. Pimp the system, yeah. But, uh... I, don't I, know. I love that song. We just didn't do it. It's great. Yeah, um, that song's amazing. I love it, too. I mean... I have this weird memory. I mean, I don't I don't know if this is the first time, but I remember before I even got this album, you, I know you had the tape of that old... I haven't heard the whole thing, but I do have this strange memory, and, like, I don't know if this happened or not, but I, I do remember... I seem to remember you having it on headphones... Like while you were driving, I was in the car with a bunch of other people, and you were like singing along, and like in the car, <laughs> I thought we were gonna die. <laughs> yeah, I remember that too, because that's like I think that was like close to when I first got it. Like when I first got that tape, yeah. I'd probably listen to it like nonstop it's all the really, time. I mean, I can't imagine this. The, the, the released version is great, so I bet the, the unreleased ones even. I gotta hear it. You gotta like. Yeah, there's like this. I mean, like though, because the hell yeah on this version, like the release version, from what I understand. The, the one that's like the one on the album is like almost the drums are sped up it's like a different yeah, fast. beat drums are fast yeah it's like a it's like a yeah like techno song almost yeah but on the the original it's just well like, just the drums the rest of it's not like a techno song but yeah the drums are like, yeah. yeah high speed kind of um and then like there's this one skit where they're talking uh over a Marvin Gaye song and then I got cut that out. That got cut out, yeah. It's, just, it's, just, it's the same skit but they just took out the backing which, which music. skit is it do you know? it's the one before Hell Yeah where they're like okay yeah yeah I don't know, man. They've been they've been oppressing our people. Yeah. Well, maybe it's before that song we just listened to, actually. I don't know. We should have listened to the, the skit. I, don't, I know you. I, I, they were, the skit sounds familiar, though. Yeah. yeah. Um, I don't know. I don't know what else I have to say. I, about I, that. I uh, they have a new album out that I recently uh, bought on iTunes. Um, I've never used iTunes. I downloaded it illegally. <laughs> um, that's what they'd want you to do. That's, yeah, exactly. It's like the, what was the was it the first Koo album or the sec? Yeah, I think the first Koo album was called Steal This Album, right? Which was named after that Steal, Steal This, this book. book. Yeah, System of Down also had Steal This Album, same title. Fucking haters! <laughs> yeah. Why are they why are they biting? I don't know who who did who came first though. The Koo. I'm assuming, yeah. Well, yeah, of course, yeah. This would have been, yeah, yeah, for sure. It would be like '94. Yeah, so definitely System of Down. Uh, and they're from the same. They're like what? Is System Down from LA and the Coos from Oakland? Probably. They should know that. That's some bullshit. Well, they're Armenian. What are they? You know. That's true. <laughs> I don't, no I don't know what that means. Yeah. I don't know. Um, but no, I anyway, the new Dead Prez album. I, I got it because you know I like Dead Prez, and I was kind of disappointed. Um, I mean, there's still some good parts on it, but I'll, they have these little recurring skits. It's like hood news or something, like these fake news reports, and they're just like they're lame. They don't they don't work very well. And then half the songs are about like uh, training for like marathons and stuff. Because like, well, they have like, they have some earlier songs too that are about like fitness and eating vegan food and stuff, and like they're really into like that kind of stuff. So it's almost like a new age. Like I mean, there's still the politics there, but they go way too far over into like I think he actually mentioned crystals at one point. Like it's really like oh, wow. it's it's out there. Yeah, it's and the beats are lame. Like. You know, I've only listened to it once, so I don't want to, like, say, you know, maybe there's some stuff that I wasn't thinking. Well, I wonder, it makes me wonder how well this album did commercially, uh, the one that we just played from uh, RBG. RBG. Because there was obviously a lot of money 
put into this record? I mean... Well, because the first one was so successful, right? Right, because that song Hip Hop is like a mainstay. You still hear that. You hear it like that was... And you hear it at the bars all the time. People love that song. And people have no idea how fucking crazy Crazy that shit is. They just know the bass line, right? Yeah. But it's like... I mean, this, this album sounds expensive for a rap, rap album you know like it's it sounds good it sounds big it sounds and for something so political too like usually yeah. something like this would be really underground right like so i wonder how well it sold because i know they had the video for hell yeah but the video for hell yeah was them like was that white family in the minivan like on their way to I don't uh think I've seen it. it's crazy they're like they're they're on their way to disneyland and they're like singing disney songs and yeah. then they take a wrong turn and they end up in Tallahassee. Oh, really? I know. And, like, because Dead Prez is from Tallahassee, so right. they just, like, drive into the, um, you know, to their neighborhood, and, like, it's just these guys looking in the in the window, and then they just, like, smash the window and they, and they hijack the van. Yeah. <laughs> like, They've had crazy, crazy videos, too, though. The one for, um, was it for Day Schools, where they got the nooses around their yeah. necks in the video, and that's crazy. Like, yeah. I mean, if we were doing an education episode, that song would be pretty, so, yeah. Like, yeah. But, um, yeah, so, like, but other than that video, I don't know, like, if they had another video. So, I, I wonder if this ju- album just didn't do that well commercially, well, so they don't have the backing to, like, yeah. really spend the time to make the quality album. I think, though, I, I don't know this for sure. I mean, we could probably look it up. Maybe we'll look it up later in the show when we're listening to a song. But um, I have their, after this came out, they put out a mixtape, Turn Off the Radio Volume 1, which is really, really, it's great. It's another one I have on CD and vinyl because I like it so much. And, um... On that album, though, they can't call themselves Dead Prez legally, mm. so it's DPZ. Oh. So, like, it doesn't say Dead Prez anywhere on the record, yeah. the liner notes or anything. So, I think there must have been some kind of falling out with the label, right? Like, after this came out, because, like, maybe they quit, maybe they made the quit the label. I don't know. I don't know, mm. I'm not sure. But... Oh, it's their li- CBS. Yeah, CBS I know. CBS Records. It's ridiculous, right? Okay. So, That's insane. So, I don't know. So, yeah, the next one was DPs, DPs I guess, right? And then, like... and then they did that album with The Outlaws. Yeah, which wasn't very good. Which is weird. Like that, for people who don't know the Outlaws, that was Tupac's, like Tupac's yeah, crew, yeah, yeah, <laughs> right really, before he died. Yeah, and these guys have done solo albums too, which I haven't heard. Both of them have done solo albums, but I don't know if it would be as good. Yeah, it's hard it to say. It works well with. I mean, they. I think they work well together. Yeah, because so. I, th- I like how on a lot of their songs they have um, different perspectives. Yeah, on stuff. For sure. So this album's called uh, RBG, and and like RBG stands for a bunch of different things. Red, black, green. I think is the obvious one because the. The, the color is on the front red, black, green. Color. But I always thought the like the kind of the official one was yeah, revolutionary yeah. but gangster. And so here are the other ones: real big guns, real black girls, <laughs> uh, read bout Garvey. I like that one. Um, rappers be gassed, ready to bust, ready to bust gats, ready to bust gats. Right. Ready. Right. I'm dumb. Uh, Riders basic guide. Rolling big ganja, <laughs> uh, reaching bigger goals. I think there's a lot of them. I think they probably it probably keeps yeah. evolving, and there's always more. Yeah, it's interesting. This is totally random, but I, you know, I, I think I've talked about before. I'm a big fan of Bad Brains, right? So like, I got their new album. It was great. Um, but I was watching a bunch of old footage of them and stuff, and old interviews with them and everything. And there's an interview from the '80s, and I know this isn't a term the Dead Press came up with. Obviously, it's been around longer than that, but. They're always saying each one teach one on all their records, right? And they're doing an interview with uh, Bad Brains, and Dr. No says that. Mm. And it's just is like, that's pretty cool. I mean, that's like, and that's from yeah. 20 years before this, you know? So it's like, it's cool that a lot of the messages that they have here about community and stuff are like, they, they, they're not new. It's like, you know, yeah, it's been going on for a long time. But, 
All right. So, so, so I guess I was going to play something else, and I think I want to kind of tone it down a little bit. Um, that it's been pretty aggressive so far. I mean, the, the last two songs anyway. So I'm going to play a song by this guy called Andre Eche. He's Canadian. Uh, the song is called Cop Killer, and uh, it's not not the body count. It's not like remotely related to it. Um, basically, I got the CD when I was doing reviews for Uptown Magazine. The album's called uh, Blue Fog. Um, something of Blue Fog. I've completely forgotten. But anyway, it's a really really good album. I never heard of the guy before, and I listen to the album. I love it. And this is a song called Killer, and we can talk about it after we play it. But Cop Killer, Andre Eche. She's a cop killer Yes, she's a cop killer Yes, she's a cop killer Yes, she's a cop killer And I'm collecting crystals To see the future But those crystals they're collecting dust Oh, now I'm grooming myself For inner peace Cause she's being saddled By inner city police She's being ridden Into riot Riots, protest mobs, you know. Oh, she's a cop killer. She's a cop killer. Oh, she's a cop killer. Oh, she's a cop killer. Now there is panic in the halls of the precinct. And she really knows her way around the badge And that horse reared up It came down hard It crushed the skull of that pig In the tenement yard She's a cop killer Yes, she's a cop killer
So uh, the population of Hamilton, according to Wikipedia, is uh, almost 520,000. Ooh, that's more than we were thinking. Yeah, yeah. I'm thinking 400. Yeah. So that... Anyway, this guy's not from Hamilton. Um, right. But that was uh, Cop Killer by Andre Etier. We were speaking of Jay-Z a little bit before because he's on the Dead Prez album. Yeah. And uh, who's what's this guy's name? Andre Etier. Andre Etier? Yeah. And he like quoted, he had a line from a Jay-Z song yeah. in that song. Apparently he has the same name as a, a guy who plays for the Dodgers. So he sang the Canadian anthem in a Blue Jays game in LA. Oh really? Yeah, just because of the just name. Just because of the yeah, name. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I guess he's a cool. singer. I wonder how much you get paid for something like that. I don't think a lot to sing the national anthem. Yeah, I don't think you get paid anything. No, you they gotta get paid for sure. Oh, if you're like the regular for a city. No, I think if you're, I mean, he's not a celebrity. He's some Canadian indie rock guy. He's not gonna get like if you get like uh, Paul McCartney or something to sing the national anthem, then maybe he won't get paid because it's just like you know, it's like a publicity thing. I don't think you get paid anything. I don't know. I think most of them are not professionals, but most of them are just like anthem singers, right? I should find out. I know, like, my I dad's had choirs sing national anthems at well, choir before. Yeah, I guess they don't. Well, they, they probably they just want to be able to do it. Yeah. But if you're a professional singer, don't you just want to be able to do it too? Because it's huge exposure. It's huge yeah. exposure. You're on TV I mean, and stuff like. There's not much you can do with the song. <laughs> well, you yeah, can just sure you know, the word, you, you can, can pretty much screw it up. You, yeah, that's pretty much that's the only thing. You have you do seen that guy who doesn't know the Canadian national anthem but sings it anyway? Yeah, no, and he sings it to uh, he sings it to the, the tone, tune to of another song. Yeah, because it's what, this was when the CFL had those American teams for like yeah, a couple years. This actually happened. This actually happened, and they was one of the American. was like in Baltimore or somewhere, wherever these teams were, and he's singing the Canadian national anthem, but he clearly has never heard it before in his life. he sings it to he actually sings it to the tune of another song, and it's like it's a hilarious song. It's really funny. Yeah. Oh man, we'll have to watch it during the next song or something, and like you know, it's really. And then there's like you know Roseanne doing the anthem, which is one of the most that was hilarious, most amazing things I've ever seen in my life. That girl at the hockey game who oh, came out one? screwed up and then she she like and then she fell over. she got embarrassed so she ran back in and then she came back out and, and slipped on the ice. ice. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, didn't. Then she got a chance to come back the next night she? and okay. screwed it up again. Oh, oh it's hard. Well, there's yeah, that, that one on that opera singer. What's her uh, Burger Gossman or whatever that Canadian opera singer? You know what I'm talking about? No. Mm-hmm. Well, she's like a I guess like a celebrity as far as like I mean she's the only Canadian opera singer I've ever heard of. And I don't really know much about opera. Or so. Mr. Sikorsky's wife. Yeah, that's true. I heard as well. It's not her. Anyway, this one, um, she's like, whatever, she's an opera singer. And she did the anthems at a game in Ottawa, I think. And, like, she did them how she sings. And it just, somehow it made it three times as long. Oh, because she's like, oh. And I'm sure, like, technically it's great, right? I mean, she can definitely sing. I don't know. The anthem's long enough, though. But, like, (laughs) it wasn't, people, like, the players are, like, they're cracking up. You know, they're trying to start. (laughs) Really? Yeah. Because it just sounds so weird. Like, it it wasn't, uh, it wasn't good. You know, I mean, it was probably technically good but anyway this guy was in a band called the deadly snakes which is like a, a pretty decent like garage kind of punk indie rock band yeah. canadian um and this album is called born of blue fog and i just got it as a review copy with like sight on you know i never heard of him before and it's all kind of like that um kind of a similar vibe uh a lot of the songs will start off with just acoustic guitar and singing and then build into more of a jammy kind of thing like that are there many uh Stringed instrument outros. There are little bits of strings in there, yeah, little like uh, interludes and stuff, which is kind of cool. Mm-hmm. It's not, I mean, you're not gonna go and have a party to that record, you know, but it's like just for listening to on headphones kind of thing. Mm-hmm. I enjoy it; it's cool. I mean, I haven't really explored much of the guy's other stuff uh, other than his other band, but can I listen to it on my hi-fi? Probably could. Okay, cool. Yeah. But yeah, anyway, so the song's apparently about a horse, as far as I can tell, uh, a police horse, because there's definitely references to it being a horse, like. You, uh, she's being saddled by inner city police. Like, 
I mean, it's like wordplay. Is it a metaphor? Or, well, probably a metaphor. Is it a metaphor for his cocaine habit? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe. No, no. The white horse. The main white horse. <laughs> no, I don't think so. But, um, yeah, so that's, that's what a horse is really weird. At first, I, when I saw it on the back of the album, I was like, oh, Cop Killer, this is going to be like a Intense something. body count Do you think it was a body count cover? Well, not when I turned it on. But well, like, I know, but that'd be interesting for someone like that. Well, that's do. what I was kind of hoping, because it's quite far down on the album, right? So it's like, yeah, I already heard like five songs or six songs at that point and got that kind of vibe from it. So I was looking at the track listing the first time I'm hearing it, and I was like, well, Cop Killer. Yeah. But then that comes on, and I really liked it, but I was it would have been cool to hear and it doesn't seem out of the realm since there was the Jay-Z that Jay-Z reference. Yeah. reference. Yeah, but I guess sure. I'm glad it I'm glad it's not. Like I think the whole kitschy thing of of doing like folk covers or like uh Anglo Anglo sized versions of like classic rap songs is kind of obnoxious. Yeah, there's that d- white people people versions. doing the yeah. gin and juice covers. Yeah, like, yeah, they, with they, like they, country they, banjo stuff. Which was good the first time you heard it, I guess, cuz it's oh, this is interesting, but then yeah. like you heard a million other people do it and it's kind of like I mean, that's another thing that, like, Scott is bad for, third wave Scott. Not rap covers, but, like, hey, look at these 80s covers. We're so cool, you know? And all of that. Yeah, and it's like any song can be Scott pretty It's easily. like, hey, check it out. We, you know, replace the synth line with a horn section. Whoa! You know, and, like, it's and, not good. Like, it's, I mean, yeah. I guess it's cool in that it introduces people to older music, but, I mean, it's If never... they did that aha song. They did. With the horn section? Red Big Fish did <laughs> Yes. They, Red Big Fish did it. It was in the I movie think I Basketball. Remember that. Oh, okay. in baseball, yeah. they're, they're the house band of the arena, right? Wow, and that was their—that was one of their big hits. For really fish was their cover of "Take on Me." So, do you think like Matt Parker and Trey Stone just love real big fish? Trey Parker and Matt Stone, no, they had nothing to do with that uh, movie. They just acted in it. Really? They didn't write it. They didn't direct it. They just got—I know—it's super. I weird. had no idea. It was the guys who did like um, uh, the Naked Gun movies and Airplane and stuff. Who well, did that, that movie. explains why it's so funny. Yeah, it, it, it was that kind of funny too. But yeah, it's not right. their kind of funny. If you That's think about so it, weird. It's super weird. It's super weird. I, I, I have to go back and watch it. It's like when I heard. Um, it's not as good as you remember it. Honestly, I've watched it yeah. fairly recently, and it's still funny. There's some definitely funny most parts. things from your like, from your youth aren't as good as but you remember. It doesn't hold up to me as much as their their other stuff does. Like I mean, right. it's not as funny as like South Park, you know, or Team America, or I mean, any other stuff. Like it's like ever since I, I found out that Rock Kim wrote the Will Smith song "Summertime." That's a good Will Smith song. Yeah, and it's like every time I hear it now, I just hear Rakim. Like he's has he ever recorded his own version? That would be weird. I doubt it, or at least he, I, I really doubt he released it. Anyway, I didn't know. Is there a rule about that? Almost like if you ghostwrite something for someone, you yeah. shouldn't do. It's a... probably there's probably like in the contract you yeah. can't even talk about it. Right. But it's like it's it's like that uh, Mad Skills song he put. Uh, oh, I can't remember what it's called, but there's this Mad Skills song where. He taught because he's like he made his living as a ghostwriter. It's called okay. ghostwriter. I'm fucking retarded. And he <laughs> and he uh, he says all the names. He calls out all these people about how they couldn't sell a record if it wasn't for him writing oh, it. Yeah, yeah. But then he bleeps out the names. Oh, that's cool. And then at and the and at the end of the song, he goes, "And if you don't start acting right or whatever, I'm gonna put this song with your names on it." Yeah. But apparently, he performs it with the names. Yeah, with the names. Wow. Hmm. You've ever heard? Uh... No, unfortunately, I'd like to kind of wonder how often that happens um and i think it would be harder to detect not hard to detect but hard i mean if you're looking at like this album for example right the song we just heard i'm looking at the liner notes it's clearly not the body count song even before i hear the first chord because it doesn't have ice t as a songwriting credit hmm. but if you look at a lot of rap credits there's like 16 names because the sample people who are sampled in there have to give the credit so, so you, you might not necessarily know it's been ghostwritten. yeah 
Because first of all, it's not the person's. I mean, usually it's a pseudonym, right? They have a stage name, so it's not. You don't even if you don't know their real name anyway. But when you ghostwrite something, like there's a difference between ghostwriting and writing. Writing for, for right? Ghostwriting, you're not going to have the credit. Either, no, right? you're not going to because they bought that credit from right, you. Right, right, right. So I didn't think of that. Yeah, you're That's right. That's such so. a weird thing. Yeah. That probably happens more often than you think, though. Yeah. Oh, the, I think the thing in like the accepted thing for major labels in rap music is. Ten rappers get signed. One of those becomes a star. The other ten, or, or the other writers. nine, write for them. Yeah, is basically how it works. Like, yeah, that's so weird. It's like a cycling team. But I bet that's happened for every every kind of country music and stuff too. Like, right. I mean, I have this box set of Johnny Cash stuff, which is great. It's like five CDs. There's a hundred and something songs on it. And if you look at the credits, like maybe uh, like an eighth of them are written by him. And it's just because that was accepted. Elvis didn't write every single song. Yeah, every single Elvis song is written by other people, which is crazy. That someone who's that famous yeah, like never wrote a single song. Never so not for two, same thing, yeah. yeah. I heard this crazy story about uh, this Chuck Berry song. And it's kind of the reverse of this. because uh, No. <laughs> we did talk about that on another <laughs> episode. Did, yeah, yeah. His only hit, yeah. His only number one hit. Is it? That's his only number one hit. Isn't that disgusting? That's weird. It's like it's not right. Yeah, so anyway, go with the story. strange. Yeah. But there's this famous Chuck Berry song, I can't remember which one, uh, that's in the Hall of Fame. And... It has the the there's three writing credits, yeah, and one of them's Chuck Berry who did everything. He wrote yeah. the song, he played all the instruments, he did everything, yeah. and then the other one is the DJ at the time who was the one who yes. broke records, yeah, and the other guy was the janitor because they couldn't they didn't want to pay him in money, so they gave him a songwriting yeah. credit, and it's like one of the like most classic Chuck Berry songs ever made. That's oh. that's kind of interesting because a lot of people like before. You know, if you look at reggae albums, right, there's tons of producers who basically hit the record button, you know, on these, like, makeshift studios with, like, two tracks, hit the record button and get a songwriting credit on it. Like, if you look at all the Studio One stuff, which is, like, the classic foundation, you know, every dancehall rhythm you're hearing is based on some, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's, like, this stuff is, like, all over the place. Uh, Cox and Dodd, I mean, he he, produ- he recorded, he found the artist, and he definitely deserves a place of respect or whatever, but, like, he essentially just set them up and got them in the studio and recorded them and he gets a songwriting credit like the only songwriting credit on a lot of stuff that like he clearly didn't write mm. and it's just because he owned the label he's printing the the 45s you know so it's like here's a sticker on it it's got my name on it and like that's crazy and that's probably happened in the states all the time too I'm sure like another good example is uh, Steal My Sunshine yeah. by Len. Len yeah that beat was made by DJ Moves who's like right. this iconic Canadian underground rapper or sorry producer and DJ I should say yeah and uh, but they he sold them that beat and so he doesn't get a credit for production. Right. Meanwhile, those guys like live off that song. Like they get hefty checks. Oh, I bet they still do. Yeah. Still from that song. Yeah, I bet they do. But since he sold the credit, he, he doesn't get, get anything. Oh. That sucks. Yeah, that's terrible. Yeah. And that's a lot of the thing too. With all, a lot of the early beat. reggae stuff and ska and rock you know, go back to what we we're talking about. Um, they'd get paid like ten bucks to go do the session, and that was it. It's yeah. like, this is your payment for the song. And then some of these songs, like, you know, they've ended up being, like... And the musicians are getting, like, a couple bucks. And, you know, like, that, that, that when we played the Diseases show, we played that song, Diseases, and then we were talking about how many different people have used that rhythm, including, like, non-reggae stuff. Like, it's gone all over the place, right? And I bet the guys who played on that... I mean, this is a little later. This is late 70s, right? But, like, I bet they didn't get paid a They're lot. not seeing... I bet the guy who wrote yeah. the guitar line that's really, you know, you're iconic from that, that little riff... He's probably not. He's probably still playing shows, backing up whoever, you know? There's that documentary about the James Brown drummer, too, right? Yeah, oh, yeah, for sure. Just about the drummer? Yeah, because he... Well, all the beats, funky drummer, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, like all all the 
There's like four or five songs, right? That have been sampled been by everybody. Like, yeah, yeah. Most sampled Pieces. stuff ever, yeah. yeah. And uh, I don't, like he doesn't get paid for any of that stuff. No. Well, the other good, the best example, I think, would be the Funk Brothers, right? The documentary right. Standing in the Shadows of Motown, where it's like, you hear all these Motown songs, and they're in it. The big, have you seen that? Uh, yeah, I have. At the beginning of the documentary, have you seen it? Mm-mm. The beginning of the documentary, they're um, interviewing people in a record store, and they're like, first thing the guy says is like, this is just random customer. Like, do you like Motown? Oh, yeah, I love Motown. You know, what artists do you like? They name the artists. Do you know who played bass on that record? And they're just like, I don't know. Or it's like, you know, what groups do you like? I like Smokey Robinson and the Miracles. Who play bass on oh, Probably the Miracles? And it's like, no, these are just the singers. And these guys are, until that movie came out, completely 100% unsung. No one had any clue who they were. Yeah. And they played on, like, more number one hits than I think it's, like, Elvis and the Beatles and the Beach Boys. Like, 12 different top-selling bands combined. Like, mm. And no one had No one else in there, yeah. yeah. So. We were gone way off topic about the police, but... Uh, police, yeah. What are we, yeah, I don't even know where... How we got here, but it's cool. It's interesting. Um, yeah, it's weird with the unsung heroes. I don't know if they get something from that, knowing that they're there, even if it's not like. Well, I mean, they don't I make guess a pile of money. With people trouble, respect they... you, I guess. If they, but who's going to believe, right? I mean, like these guys, like the, the Motown guys, right? Some sixty-year-old guy. I mean, they're they're a bunch of them are dead now, but he's going to be like, yeah, I played bass on My Girl. Yeah, sure, you played bass on. You know, <laughs> sure you did, Grandpa. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Man, I got the album right here. Where's your songwriting credit? Are you in the Temptation? No, I wasn't the Temptation. I was in the Funk Brothers. The Funk Brothers. You know, like what? So yeah. that's kind of suck. Like, I mean, and there's tons of people, especially these ghostwriters, like you're talking about, right? I mean, yeah, I wrote this this song. No, you didn't. You're well, not ma- well, Mad Skills. It's like how many, how many famous rap songs is Mad Skills? Um, written he just calls himself skills now i think but it's like who the fuck knows who mad skills is like yeah. if you if you think about like the mainstream like radio rap listener yeah probably loves so many of his songs they don't know yeah that's weird but i wonder if that's like i i guess you just get over that i think the uh um, be I think the money helps the money, yeah. <laughs> yeah. because you're probably getting paid more than the artist, and in a way, you're but doing what you're yeah. best at. Well, you don't get royalties because you get paid. You sold the song, right? Yeah, right. right. You get paid at the time you get a lump, right? That how as far as I know, like I'm no, I'm no like insider, yeah. but as far as I understand, yeah. yeah, that's cool. I don't know how. I mean, I've never been in a band where we made any money, so I don't know how any of this stuff works. Like, I mean, there's still separate entities. <laughs> yeah, there's never been a songwriting credit that has actually done anything. Like, I mean. You know, we write on the Mopo tapes, like, the Mopo is Sam, John, and Goldwyn, and that's, like, you know, all songs written by us. Like, that doesn't earn anything. I mean, you know a bit more about that, because you've had songs that you've written for... And the only... The only you've t- got checks for music. Yeah. Not much, right? But, I mean, you, you at least have that. Yeah, yeah, that's just... But that's that's really, really amateur compared to the big leagues. Like, oh, yeah, for sure. We just, like, when I... Like, I get most money from SoCan from uh, Maynum KI songs. Yeah. And so the way, or actually Pipskid songs too, because I, I I wrote like on this Pipskid album, Skid Row, I wrote one song and I co-produced the whole album. Yeah. So on the, uh, when you go to SoCan and you report your songs to SoCan, and SoCan is just like this organization where it's like every time you get played on the radio or TV, you get money. Yeah. Uh, it's not actually every time, but we don't need to go into the yeah, logistics no, no, no. of it but yeah like we just decide it's like okay I'm gonna give you a third of this credit so we just like it's really it's really just on a a really grassroots kinda going back to leftover crack like a grassroots yeah. level yeah like you're living in a squat and you got scabies yeah. in your you just gotta start from the ground up yeah, you know yeah. yeah just make it happen make change happen make change real yeah <laughs> <laughs> 
Okay, so let's get to the let's, next song. Listen to another song? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, okay, I was going to play a song by uh, Mission of Burma. Oh, yeah. Uh, called Outlaw. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. Crime. It's op- <laughs> opposite. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. Kind of involves police. John, the fucking... <laughs> the theme was police, not crime or criminals. Yeah. Oh. I mean, I was thinking we could even do a theme in the future about, like, prison or something, you know? Cause, well, like, you ruined it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm doing it. You guys can't. But so. Mission of Burma, um, I honestly don't... I mean, I know who I know of them. Yeah, I didn't like, uh, listen to them until just very recently. I know of them because they're in a bunch of those books that I always read all the time. Yeah. Like, I think they're in Our Bank of Your Life, or just whatever it's called, This Bank of Your Life, which is a really good book, but I think someone bought it from me years ago and I haven't got it back. Hmm. Okay. I don't know that book. It's a good book. Um, yeah, I've only been listening to them recently, and uh, I like it. Like They're like 80s, like... This will, like, a lot of it is kind of reminiscent because they'll have, like, a song where they'll go off on, like, kind of a, a, a riff. They reminisce it like Proust, is what you're saying? Yeah. <laughs> Times that once were. Or what is it? Uh, it sounds like, um, oh, shit, what's the, uh, I'm drawing But the time frame is the 1980s, right? Early 80s, that- yeah, like 80, this is from 81, maybe? Okay. Alright, well, maybe let's listen to it and then we can talk about some, uh, okay. stuff. So this is, uh, Outlaw, Mission of Burma. What's the other name for Burma? Myanmar. Myanmar. Alright. I actually read a really good um, graphic novel. <laughs> um, <laughs> I read a lot of graphic novels. Um, have you ever read the one about Louis Riel? Yes, good. I wanna, do you have it? No, I, I got it in the library. It's actually worth reading. That guy does really He has another one about being. Uh, like, he picks up a lot of prostitutes. Oh, really? The author, and he has a book about all the prostitutes he's been with. Is he from Winnipeg? No. He's, Where, I think he's American, actually. Oh, really? But he's, he read about real. Anyway, um, it's the real one is definitely worth reading. It's cool. It's really cool. Um, and it's really like exhaustively researched too. There's like pages and pages of footnotes explaining like this. That's, is where... I really want to. Sorry, this is totally. I, I, we can we can edit this out, but like I really, <laughs> I really want to read more about real. But I'm always skeptical on, on like getting. Like closest to the truth in the well, it's a pretty controversial. Uh, exactly, I'm right. reading a yeah, I'm reading a book about Riel right now. Which one? And it's very I forget the author. Uh, there's, there's that one big biography. It's pretty big, famous one, just called Riel. Yeah, that's which it. I've read. That's very good. It's good, good, but it's very pro. Like anytime there's a situation, it like there's a little bit of a something about how well Riel was acting in the best interest. Yeah, they're of like, they're like, like it's fun, very. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's what I want to avoid. Him. Like on both sides. Like I, I think want... the comic is good because uh, the guy's name is Chester. I can't think of his name, but. Uh, it's it's kind of he's detached because he's not from Manitoba, and like I think he just kind of he talks about it in the book in the introduction, can't remember, but I think he just stumbled upon the topic and like thought it was cool and researched mm. it. So okay. uh, yeah, it depends on his research. But what I was gonna too. say is that so I know this is off topic, but I kind of now we're talking about it. Um, Burma, this guy uh, Guy Delille, he's a cartoonist and an animator, and he's got I've read three of three of his books now, um, and he goes his his wife works for Doctors Without Borders, so he goes to all these countries. He's been in North Korea. He's been to Burma, and he's been to... Uh, the other one was Jerusalem he went to. And he's got these, like, like 500-page graphic novels. And it's just about his experience living in these countries. So the Burma one's really cool, because, like... Um, well, all of them are really cool. I'm just thinking of the Burma. I'd read it recently, and, and it's just, like, this massive document of his time there. Hmm. And he's kind of, uh, in a lot of these books, he's, you know, he, he's kind of left to do whatever, because he's just a cartoonist, and his wife is there for work. So he, the family goes with him, right? So he's there with his kids and stuff, and he's wow. like wandering around like North Korea and Burma and stuff. It's like war zone type places, you know. And even the Middle East, he's in Jerusalem. He goes over to Gaza and stuff, and like he takes his kids to Gaza <laughs> for a picnic. <laughs> no, he's got like the nannies or whatever, right? Because they're like you know. But he's Canadian. He's from Montreal. Uh, I mean, from Montreal. He's Quebec. From Quebec, I think though. And 
It's it's very it's interesting hmm. read just because it's like that's the most recent reference to Burma I've thought of. So it is vomit out all this gibberish onto the microphone. There's that great. Uh, <laughs> that, there's that, there's that great like uh, Vice Guide to Travel. Yeah, it's really good actually. Where they go they go to North Korea. Yeah, yeah it's, it's fucking yeah. crazy. This is the second one the, where they go to I haven't watched the whole thing. There's a few episodes. I think it's like four or five episodes of it. Yeah, but there's one where they try to find uh, like camps in Russia where there are North Koreans working. Really? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Isn't there one where they go to like a Russian like a nuclear accident site or something? Well, that would be Chernobyl. Chernobyl, yeah. 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 I've got. Maybe let's listen to the song. Mission of Burma. What's called? It's called John's got the topic wrong. I want to get into like abnormal, I guess psychology, but like I want to get into things that that people do that can't be biologically justified. Like what? Um, uh, like even stuff like as as um, you know, as simple and everyday as like homosexuality. Yeah. But all the way up to like even way crazier shit. Like, why do <laughs> why like? I find like in today's day and age everyone tries to like break everything down to science so hard yeah. so it's yeah. like they want to 
they want to make every motivation into like a biological Darwinian yeah, like, evolutionary. Yeah. So it's like, purpose. what happens when people do things that don't make evolutionary stuff that sense? Just can't be explained at all. It's just like, why this? Yeah. And like, I don't want, I don't want, I don't want to like appear like ignorant to like the f- survival of the fittest because I understand that we we have these so-called biological traits that help us survive, yeah. and doesn't mean that every drive in us will help us survive but the, because we have the drives that do help us survive we have survived people guess, do try to like relate everything back to that though but they grace yeah. so I don't, I don't know why there couldn't be just like glitches you know like well, I think if you have like you have like a computer program or something that has like a glitch it's just like a glitch don't reduce that. me to a computer program <laughs> <laughs> yeah but I don't I don't even mean glitches I mean like like when someone is a psychopath or something it's like a yeah, glitch in the right whatever but like even matrix. even a glitch, yeah. <laughs> but even a glitch is like kind of, uh, like, a, a term of judgment because you're saying there's there's even abnormal psychology mm-hmm. is a way of judging because you're saying this is how it should be, this is how, like we're meant to be, this is our essence. Yeah. And so calling like that a glitch is like. Well, do you need a starting point? You need like a perspective for what you're talking about. Yeah, I suppose, but. This music is really kind of uh, adding to the importance of what we're saying here. Yeah. It's just like But if you're starting from if you're starting from the starting point of this is normal and like everything outside of this is, is it, not normal, then you're it's that's a problematic starting point, right? What yeah. do you hope to like what's the goal be the goal of this though? Like to find out why these abnormal things happen or just to like find out Yeah, kind of motivations. Like because like even with this shooting at that school yeah. in Connecticut, like that's horrible, horrible yeah, thing. Who was the person who perpetrated it? I didn't. Think it was just some twenty-year-old kid. His mom worked at the school. It's only known. It's all they've released anyway. So. Yeah, apparently, apparently they've kind of figured out a motive, but they haven't released it yeah. yet. Uh, probably by the time this airs or people listen to it, they might. Yeah, have yeah, released they probably it. would have already. There's so much news about it right yeah. now. Yeah, but. But like, but that's a fucked up thing to do. Like, there's, it's there's a really a... fucked up thing. But like, people go like, I hope this guy burns in hell. Like, yeah. this guy's a coward. And fair enough, like, I understand why people are upset, upset and they have this reactionary, like, feelings towards it, but that guy's obviously sick. Like, that yeah, guy's yeah. obviously... Well, you can't not be sick. That's the way right. I feel so about that, too, though. He's like... got, like, a... Vi- he's a victim in him- in himself. Like, yeah. he's... But, okay, this kind of reminds me of the whole conversation about, which was in the news a lot, too. Remember that guy who beheaded the guy on the bus, Vince Lee? Yeah. And then he got found not criminally responsible because he's mentally ill. And people were pissed off about that, right? Yeah. And like, it's, I can kind of see both both sides of things. Like with this thing, yeah, okay, this guy, this guy's sick. He he's a victim, but he killed a bunch of kids. So fuck him. He can, you know. I mean, I'm glad he's dead. Like, I I feel bad saying that about anybody, but I'm glad that guy's dead. I wish they could have. I wish he hadn't killed him, so they could put him in jail yeah. forever and made his life miserable. The thing is, though, like, f- there's so many reasons why, f- even those emotions, yeah. you should want him alive because his. Life would be much more of a living hell than him just killing himself. That's what I'm saying. I want. I want him. I mean, oh, okay. I would have rather. I, but that's also. He killed a bunch of kids. I have a kid who's not far off from that age group. I probably have a different reaction to it. I mean, you were all everyone's disgusted by it, right? Yeah. But I probably have a different reaction than you guys do just because of that. Like, because I can put myself in that. Yeah, but I, no, I do kind of sympathize with what Rob said. Where like, when for someone to be able to do that, they're in a horrible. Yeah. position themselves but yeah I mean but obviously it'd be best I, if these also, things just didn't happen I also think it's problematic t- to reduce it to this guy's a coward this guy's an asshole who deserves to die because then we we don't try to get to the bottom of it like why did this happen yeah. you know this happened because he was mentally ill and he obviously didn't have the care that he needed like he obviously wasn't being attended to as someone who was as mentally ill as he obviously was like 
you know, and then the fact that he could, he just had, I don't want to get into gun control because I'm not really educated enough to speak about it, but the fact that he just, he couldn't get, like, he couldn't get help for his problems, but he could get a rifle that they sell at Walmart and then go just fire a bunch of rounds off. I, read, I mean, I know this is kind of, we're totally off topic here, but just because you're talking about this thing, I read some stuff, uh, apparently, out of the, you know, factual errors, maybe, this might be wrong, but of the 23 richest countries in the world, 83% of gun homicides are in America. Right. There's 23 entire yeah, countries with people. And that's, uh, and it's like 87% of kids killed with guns anywhere in those countries is in the States. Yeah. Which is crazy. And also it was like the murder, uh, gun murder count for the past year and it was like Canada was like 56 or something for the whole country. France, England was 8. And then America was like 10,000 or something. It's crazy. Well, I mean, to put, to put it into further perspective, Winnipeg again has claimed the uh, title of murder capital yeah. for 2011 or 2012. Um, How many years running? Well, we trade with Edmonton all the time. Yeah. Edmonton and Saskatoon. <laughs> yeah, Saskatoon, yeah. But like, um, so we had the our record year was thirty nine, which was two thousand eleven, yeah. and we're about the same size as Baltimore. Yeah. Baltimore on a yearly basis has two hundred fifty to three hundred deaths, like murders a year. That's insane. Yeah. I got it's ins- yeah, it's crazy. Which is you know. Probably contributed to why they chose Baltimore as a setting for the wire. Like Talking yeah. police, you know. Kind of Boom! Brings it back. Yeah, brings there it, it is. Back, yeah. So, John, that was probably uh, the first good song you've played on this show. Yeah, I liked it. It was cool. Yeah, <laughs> yeah no, I've, I've been listening to this band. I really like them. They do like a lot of the band I was searching for was Sonic Youth. I know, like they're from before Sonic Youth, but uh, they do those sort of like guitar-y sort of yeah. things that pre- like chord progressions that just kind of go for. 32 bars or whatever. Uh, yeah, they're good. I like it. Yeah, it was a good song. Yeah, it was cool. What's the song talking about? What was it about? Because, I mean, uh, you know, we were... I, I brought up the lyrics here because I, was, I couldn't hear just... what he was saying. Okay. That's what yeah, you're yeah. Uh, the lyrics are, I have slipped into, I have slipped into, saw those creatures in the back of my heart, opened the door and attacked them at the start, pushed my blood into a deeper trance, it consumes my thought, it alters my stance. I mean, this just goes on. It's just wow. poetic, I and guess. He's an outlaw. I have seen you in your jacket. Now I am an outlaw. So that mean? <laughs> that yeah, there's a line about like lying on a mountain. It's, I don't know. It's, I don't know. Yeah, but yeah, I, I like the song. I wanted to play a, a song. That, What's the album it's from called? Uh, oh, something signals and something. Oh, I, 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 I don't know. I don't know. It's good they, though. Yeah, yeah that's the first time I've heard them. I've heard, that's one of those bands you hear of a lot. Signals, calls, and marches. Yeah. I guess there's lots of bands that I hear of and don't hear though. Like we sat them last week with Big L, right? Like. Yeah. I didn't like that as much as like Big O. Yeah, I like Big O better than that. But. <laughs> I was good. I, know, I did like this. Yeah, it was very different. Yeah. So that's cool. Uh, you did the theme wrong, but it's cool. <laughs> <laughs> Expect more of that in the future. Oh, I know. It's been every time. I think isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Like, yeah. Spirit, spirit, spiritual it's music. What I add to like, the, this yeah. is about ghosts and shit. You know, which I is lo- cool. I guess. Yeah. I love O'John's idea of fitting inside. I have the a box. loose interpretation of interpretation. <laughs> color inside the lines. Yeah, exactly. It's like doing it really intellectually though. He's yeah. like, oh, what if I did this, guys? Yeah. How will you react? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what now? And then like every week the reaction is like, John, you're doing it wrong. <laughs> it's the only reaction. Remember that? I'm the forest sprite. <laughs> <laughs> Good pod, good pod. I, I yeah. drink my wine and, and laugh at the mortals. <laughs> no one, no one has any idea what you're talking about. Them and their city rules. <laughs> no one has any clue what you're talking about. They live so restricted <laughs> while I am free. 
voice was so good. That's <laughs> totally what I expected it to be like. <laughs> what? You wearing gloves now? It's freezing down here. What the fuck is wrong with it's you? It's so cold. <laughs> Second time. Second time John's wearing a scarf and gloves now. It's, yeah, I'm too hot. I'm like, what a Your basement has like, the same temperature shirt. all year round. Yeah, it's awesome. Freezing. It's the temperature of awesome. Um, yeah. Who's next? It was a good song, though. I like that. I, I, I kind of want to look into more of the stuff, though, because... To like stop making mm-hmm. fun of you and talk about real. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I suggest uh, they've got two albums from around that time and one from like, I, I think the nineties. Yeah, yeah. They, well, I think they've been yeah. almost recently, don't they? Or it could be that. Yeah, it could even be two thousand four. Where are they from? Mm, I don't remember. Some of the states, right? Or are yeah. they they're American. Yeah. So it's cool. Yes, yeah, so they have two albums around that time, like eighty and eighty one. I think both worth checking out. Cool. Okay, so uh, yeah, who's next? What do you got? Do you want me to go next? Yeah, you sure. No, because we... we you've played one song. We each played two songs. Haven't we? Yeah. Oh, you've played two songs? I played yeah, Killer right, and I played uh, the first one. Okay, I'm going to play... Uh, I'll play... The second one. I'll play DAF, I guess. Yeah. Um, DAF... Is, uh, this song's called Dare Mussolini, which... Uh, I'm not really exactly sure. It's a, They're from Germany... And uh, basically, the songs are like "Dare Mussolini," "Dare Adolf Hitler," and I don't obviously I don't speak German, but I, I was looking up the lyrics on um, on uh, the internet, and apparently it's like "Do the Do the Mussolini Dance the Adolf Hitler," oh, really? hmm. and um, it's like really tongue in cheek. Like they're from Germany, and like th- this song's from like '84 or something around then, and so. Uh, even though this song sounds like really kind of like it could be a fascist like neo-nazi band it's not it's totally the opposite like well like the style of music too right yeah like it sound like that yeah it's like it's kind of like a a parody of that and they just talk like apparently their lyrics are based on on television and stuff the lyrics here are uh, i just looked it up quickly and it doesn't say the whole song but it says uh dance the mussolini move your behind clap your hands now the adolf hitler now the jesus christ Right. So that's kind of yeah. So it's kind of awesome. I, I I really like this band. And um, so why? What's your connection here with the theme? How do you? This one is definitely loosely connected. Uh, I just really wanted to play this song, and I really wanted to play this band. And um, I figured because obviously, like Hitler and Mussolini both had really famous police right. forces. You know that I could slip this one through. So this is cool, and we still can't play Sting. No, we can't play Sting. <laughs> I'm not going to play Sting. That's cool. Only if it's solo Sting. That's even worse, though. Like, why would you want to... I mean, what if dance won't feel so gold? Like, okay, how about Sting is only cool if we play that song with, like, uh, him, Rod Stewart, and Brian Adams from the Three Musketeers soundtrack? <laughs> I saw Brian Adams when he came here, like, a few months ago at the MBS. I'm not, I'm not ashamed. I went to see Brian Adams, and uh, he played that song, and it was pretty funny. Just because, like, I was like, oh, he's gonna play the Three Musketeers song, and then sure enough, yeah, there you go. You know, apparently, like, the uh, summer of '69 is a song about losing your virginity. Yeah, it's not because if you look at the well, he's admitted that, but the age timeline. Yeah, because he's, he's not he at definitely old. wasn't. Yeah, no. so but '69 is like this, like funny yeah. thing he did. It was '69. Yeah, yeah. Well, he wrote it when he was like in his early twenties, though, right? So what right. do you expect? Like, okay. yeah. Anyway, so that's that. That's that's when Sting's allowed. If we're playing the noted. Or for making any reference to Dune. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Dune. 
Uh, so, uh, Der Mussolini. DAF. Oh, DAF is, uh, it's German. It's like Deutsch, Americano or something. But it's basically German for, like, uh, German-American friendship, which is another tongue-in-cheek thing. Because they were, like, they were really into uh, making their music not sound American at all. Like, they really wanted their music to sound German. Yeah. Because I guess they were just kind of sick of the American influence. I I guess, like, especially after the whole... World War Two debacle, that old chestnut. Yeah. Uh, American culture, I guess, really hit Germany hard because they were so ashamed of their own culture. Yeah. Hmm. Um, so this was kind of like going back to like we we don't want to sound, and they were really influenced by like uh, American music, specifically like American like black music, mm-hmm. but they they didn't want to. They didn't want to like exploit that. They didn't want to like steal because they felt like a lot of bands were just stealing this, this black American thing, and they they didn't want to do that. They wanted to be original and they wanted to be German. So that's cool. I had honestly never heard of them until you told me this song, but it's cool. I like how it has live drums mixed in with the more electronic yes. elements. Well, the reason I got into these guys is because I own this keyboard, this Korg eight, uh, Poly eight hundred, and I was just like, I was I didn't. I don't know its full capacity, so one day I was just searching for bands who had used this keyboard in in the past. Because it's like apparently the guy who sold it to me told me that it was really influential in the uh, like uh, Detroit techno movement. Yeah. And so I was, and apparently DAF was really influential in the Detroit techno movement too. Mm-hmm. And it's because they used this keyboard, and that's how I came across these guys because I was just searching this keyboard. And so this band is this keyboard, a live drummer, and a singer. And that's, that's cool. The band. Cool. Very cool. Well, let's check it out.
Dare Mussolini by uh, DAF. Yeah. yeah, I'd never heard them either. No, I, I, I like I said before, we did, uh, played the song. I like the, the this live drums. Um, it didn't sound like live drums to me though. But you see the live video of it, and they're playing it with live. Drums. Was that like on the recordings, live drums? Yeah, I, I think so. Like it sounds like it. I I really love that song. That that album is is really good. It's um, put that on the iTunes list there. So yes, the iTunes list here. The Christmas wish list. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's uh, good stuff. Yeah, it's cool. I don't know. Do you have anything you want to? Uh, you saying you're gonna try to find their album? Yeah, well, I'm going to uh, Europe in February, so I'm gonna. I uh, I was looking up their vinyl on on the internet, and it's not not super easy to come by. Yeah, um, it is around. Probably more um, I, so in Germany, I imagine. Yeah, well, I'm going to be in Berlin, so I'm going to definitely look for it, and I'm assuming that I'll be able to find it there. Um, I talked to my friend who works at Into the Music. He says that they sometimes get DAF records in there, but not always that particular album, right. which is the one I want. And they probably have those fans who will snub a little thing pretty quick when they find it, right? Like, yeah, yeah. That's cool. Um, one thing I was going to... I mean, this is kind of really related, is that, like, when you're going to Europe, because you're playing shows in Europe, are you? Do you have like some kind of special visa for that, or are you just gonna like? Oh, like a. Is this something we should be talking about? Like, I, I don't know how it works because I know a lot of people. I've heard people that I know who've been in bands, mostly in punk bands and stuff, who have played in the states, who have just gone down there without any instruments and stuff, and just said like, "Yeah, we're just visiting." And then they've had it. They've just used other bands here. Yeah, because if you're crossing with a bunch of stuff, then you, you have, have like, to get all these licenses you need, like, and stuff. Like, you contract. Yeah, it's like it's like when it, just it's you, like have to see, you you ship things over the border. Like you ship them to like right over the border and pick them up. Okay, but in, you have very specific equipment you use. Yeah, so that's why I was wondering. Like, in in Europe, for Europe though, I think it's the the border between. America and pretty much any country is way harsher than any other. Oh yeah, well, once you're I mean, in like I'm sure there's obviously there's other countries where it's way more volatile, but um, Canada and and I'm I'm flying into Belgium. Okay. It's not it's not really a big deal. They do ask you why you're going to be there, and yeah. if I do have to lie, I do have to say I'm going to visit friends. And when they go, why do you keyboards and samplers? Yeah. Well, the the thing is. That stuff goes under the plane, so they don't even ask you about it. As far as I understand, they just check it to make sure it's not a bomb. Cause but it if like... but if they open up my bag and I have a bunch of merch in it, yeah, they go, "Why do you have this merch?" And I go, "Well, I'm going to visit friends, and I'm going to give them some of it." Interesting, because we, we when I went to Minneapolis, uh, this is like eight years ago now. We went to the Warp tour, and we were there. We got in for free because of uh, Andy Ray's action. I went with Dave. And ARA had a table there, and they, we got to go to the Warped Tour for free because we, we had... So, we couldn't bring any merch over the U.S. border, though. Like, they, there's all these t-shirts and stuff, so we had to just... Like, I mean, they, they've had all these shirts and patches and things. You know, the usual brand attack hey, the merch table. Them. Well, we just used what they had the people in Minneapolis had. Oh, okay. We used their stuff, but we couldn't bring anything. Like, it was... Because it would have been... I mean, we yeah. got stopped and put in a little room, and they drug-swept the car anyway and stuff, so... Like, I imagine... Yeah. yeah. So... This is, I, I'm just apparently, curious Apparently, they have this thing where they put your... Uh, uh, like cards, like bank cards and yeah. visas, under a light, and they can tell if there's cocaine on it. Oh, if you've been using it, like it says, out yeah, dude. Oh, and they won't let you in. They won't let you over the border. This is totally Trace ignorant, but like, yeah, like cocaine. if there's, yeah, um, you're at party months before, and like, wow, someone else could have cut up a line of cocaine with your card. Is and, that what this? Okay, because I'm total. I've never done cocaine. I'm totally ignorant about it. Like I always seen the movies, people are doing it with dog bills. No, 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 but it's a fine powder, so like move it around. That's just like, so you chop it up with a card. Okay. 
And then you snort yeah, it. How do you snort it through a car? <laughs> it's not going to work, right? Let me show you, Sam. First, you take your card out, <laughs> and then you go yeah. off the card. Right, okay, that makes sense, too. Yeah, I didn't think of that. All right, all right, all right. Whatever. Whatever. Are you allowed to simulate doing cocaine on UMFM? I don't know. This is not UMFM. This is on the uh, Witch Police, right? What? I thought this. Where are I, we? Thought, I thought we were Where at the we? University well, yeah. of Manitoba. <laughs> right, right, right. The University of Manitoba. Yeah. I guess by the time this comes out, like on that station, they'll be like, "What are you talking about?" Which, you know, cause, like so. This is a problem, right? Because like we, this is gonna end up on the radio, but it's gonna end up first on Witch Police. So people are gonna hear it, and then it's gonna be confusing. I'm so don't stop talking. Don't about reference it. anything. Don't reference <laughs> where we are, who we are, <laughs> what we're doing, Nothing. what time yeah, period yeah. is. Yeah, because people could be listening to this shit in fourteen sixty two. Yeah, our place, time, and, and yeah, identity is fluid. Yeah, fourteen sixty two. Very possible. <laughs> yeah, um, that's awesome. So anyone listening in fourteen sixty two, you you should. Uh... Isn't, isn't there like a fucking? Isn't there like a Yes album called fourteen sixty two or? Oh, or like Alan Parsons Project or something. Van Halen. <laughs> Um, well, I guess we should go to the next song. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah so, so yeah, it's me. I was gonna, um, I had a bunch of stuff I wanted to play, but like, like everything else here, I have, you know, you guys know this, we've talked about it before, I have a really huge reggae collection, and I'm trying to avoid it when I can. The drug show, I had a ton of stuff. This one, there's a bunch of stuff, but like, you know, I try, so I try to do the same stuff with rap, because yeah. like, I could for sure fill up every episode with just well, rap and songs I can do the same with reggae, right? yeah, so and still have a hard time picking which one, and ones. me with the Beatles. And you, the Beatles, right? Which we're gonna get into in a minute. <laughs> um, so the song I want to play is called "Hate the Police," and it's by Mud Honey. And Mud Honey is one of my favorite bands. Um, and the song is a cover of a song by the Dicks, and it's really good. It's one of the first Mud Honey songs I heard after "Touch Me I'm Sick," which is like you know an awesome song. This is really good too, and um, it obviously fits the theme because the song will "Hate the Police," and it's you know. It's very clearly relevant when you start listening to it. Um, but what I was going to say, and the reason the Beatles come into this, is because we were talking about earlier, not on the air, but before, um, not in 1462 or 1798 or 1935, we were, um, the Beatles, we had a long rant about them a couple episodes ago, about how neither of us really liked them that much, and uh, John likes them. And uh, I don't know if that's because he wears gloves indoors. Uh, <laughs> Did the Beatles do that? Yeah, he must have. Um, but Paul McCartney recently played a song on Love National TV for this benefit thing with Nirvana. And I've always kind of, with not Nirvana, with Pat Smear, Dave Grohl, and Chris Novoselic. And I've always kind of uh, lumped in Mudhoney and Nirvana as being this... I mean, grunge is like one of the... It's like we were talking about Scott. Grunge is this term that's used for a pretty wide range of stuff. Like uh, a band like Soundgarden and a band like Mudhoney... They're similar, but there's definitely it, different. Like, and the, I think the two most iconic grunge bands sound nothing like each other, like right. Pearl Jam and Nirvana. Nothing like each other. They're right. completely different bands. Same time frame, same location, but that's that's it, right? Yeah. I mean, Pearl Jam is way more classic rock. Nirvana is more punk. The influences, you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. And so I, I, I've always included Mudhoney in with Nirvana because they're definitely more punk influenced. They're more raw. They're more like just kind of. Uh, there's no hunger dunger dang going on. You know what I mean? Like it's. Uh, I think for our generation, like you have these. In my opinion, and I know these are really like, you, you really contestable points, but I think some of the most overrated bands are the Beatles, um, Led Zeppelin. You're wrong. Yeah, and Nirvana. You're I think wrong. Nirvana is super overrated. 
And I think if Kurt Cobain hadn't killed himself, they would have made better records, shitty records. No, they wouldn't have. I think Kurt Cobain no. was kind of a dummy. I think he was kind of a dumb person. Kurt Cobain was an asshole, and I have no respect for him as a person, but I like his songwriting. But, like, you go back to that and you read these lyrics and you're like, am I supposed to take this seriously? Because I think there was a point where I was, like, kind of uh, into Nirvana. And, like, I, I hate to sound like this asshole, but f- from the beginning, the first Nirvana record was always my favorite. Bleach. Yeah. And it's, like, because it was actually the first Nirvana album I owned. And, like, I'm not saying, like, I knew about Nirvana in 1989 when I was six. <laughs> but but after but after like Nevermind blew up and yeah. like I was twelve or whatever yeah. and ev- all my friends we were all in Nirvana, yeah. I just happened to pick up a Bleach album because I saw it. I was like, oh Nirvana, you know, and I bought it, and that was like the first Nirvana album that I really got to know. Yeah, and that's to my day, t- to my day, my <laughs> day. But that's really the Back only seventeen sixty three. Yeah, that's the only. Nirvana record I can actually listen to and I still can't listen to that one the whole way through but I cannot listen to Nevermind I cannot listen to In Utero um, I, I think the lyrics are kind of dumb and self-indulgent no that's fine that's, that's fair um, I don't agree with, I mean I agree with you to a certain extent with the lyrics I really like those I mean I I think it's just part of it is that I listened to it so much when I was a kid right um, but I think that Bleach is a good thing to bring up because I think Bleach is very similar in kind of sound to this Mudhoney record um, this first Mudhoney album, Super Fuzz Big Muff. Um, and, like, and just Mudhoney in general. It's really, really raw and, like, kind of sloppy and stuff. And I think Nirvana, when Nevermind came out, it was super, it was, like, overproduced. You know, everything is really, really clean. I mean, as clean as you can get with something, yeah, with people yelling and everything, right? But I don't listen big. to, I don't, but you're big. I don't listen to Nevermind nearly as much as I listen to Bleach or In Utero or Incesticide, which isn't an album, it's, like, a collection, right? But, um... I think that uh, the reason I brought it up is because the Paul McCartney thing really pissed me off. I don't like, uh, I don't not like the Beatles. I'm not a fan of the Beatles. Um, I recognize Paul McCartney is good at music and he wrote some great songs and stuff. And you know he could play bass or whatever. But like, <laughs> uh, he's like 70 years old now. The last time I'd seen him do anything was on the TV in the Olympics and he was brutal. It was just like unwatchably bad. I don't think it was really sure. awful. Uh, one of the opening or closing ceremonies. Yeah, yeah. It's outrageous. So, yeah. Are we all now? <laughs> and it's fine. So us. I heard. Hey. I heard that he was doing this reunion thing with the, the this show with the reunion of Nirvana, and then I had heard. I deny you. I'd heard that he didn't know who they were, like he knew Dave Grohl because Dave Grohl is like a celebrity now or whatever. And so but he, it's like when Nevermind came, it was ninety ninety one, and like he had to. Like, you should know who he, fucking yeah, Nirvana you know is. And that's, that's what I'm saying. So, that's, that pissed me. so first of all, it was you like... You don't okay. end up in a room with these guys and be like, oh, who? oh, it's Dave Grohl's anonymous friends, right? Yeah. So like, He's like, I love Foo Fighters, but who are Nirvana? That's what it is, right? And that bothered me. And it was just like, okay, first of all, like Paul McCartney should not... He's style-wise of music. Like, he doesn't... His vo- he can sing well, but he doesn't suit that at all. It's no. going to be a horrible mistake. And then, like, the fact that he was Maybe like... like Henry Rollins or something. That would have been better, right? Like, uh, anybody would have been better. Like, so... um. I heard this, and then I then I finally read that they weren't going to be doing a Nirvana song. So I was like, okay, at least this is not tarnishing the legacy too badly, right? And they invited Pat Smear to participate, which is good because Pat Smear is the fourth member of Nirvana, and he deserves to be there, and he's awesome because um, he's in the Germs and Nirvana, and you know, yep. two lead singers killing themselves. I don't know if he's bad, but anyway, maybe, so, maybe Paul McCartney will kill himself <laughs> now, and Dave Grohl because Pat Smear is the Foo Fighters right. too. But anyway, so the thing is, I, I watched it, right, and like. It's okay. Um, it's Paul McCartney's less ruinous than I thought he would be. Like I thought he would just absolutely terribly destroy it. He's playing this thing that like 
I can't even look at the instrument he's playing. Like, yeah, I don't like the. It's like bass. Is it a bass or a guitar? No, it's this other thing. It's like this big. But it's without it, without like uh, the machine heads, right? It looks like something. It's, like, sorry, it's how big? It's this big? It's like this big. It's this big. Yeah, it's big. You can see <laughs> on the radio, and it's like something a, a guy would be playing in like a medieval reenactment fair, you know? And it's just like, <laughs> fuck you. Like, you shouldn't. I mean, and he's like. Uh, I don't know. Like in that park in Montreal every Sunday? Yeah, it's exactly it's that. It's, yeah. I do like when Prince has a guitar that's like ridiculous. Oh, Prince is amazing. Yeah. But uh, Paul McCartney, I like Prince better than Paul McCartney. Oh, um, well, by sure. far. Like, uh, unquestionable. A million times. Yeah. So anyway, Paul McCartney does this song with him, and the only, there's a good lot of good things about it. Like, uh, Chris Novoselic looks like a serial killer. Um, <laughs> What's he, he been doing? Killing people. He, he, was, bald, he was in that band. He's bald now? Totally bald, huge gray beard. He's wearing like a purple like. Uh, we will have to watch. He's this wearing like purple velvet great. pants yeah. or something and like a frilly shirt, and he's sitting there and he's just he can still play bass well, um, but I never understood how he could play with it so low he's down. He's six foot nine or yeah. something. He's massively tall. Wow. So anyway, so he's there. It's cool. He's a good bass player. Dave Grohl is an incredible drummer, and Dave Grohl is actually like still hammering. That's weird because Pearl Jam had a really tall bass player too. Jeffrey Men. Who Jeffrey Men? Who played? Who played a a um. Exhibition game for basketball. For basketball. <laughs> <laughs> basketball I actually over. don't remember what team. Yeah, I, think, I think it was the Bulls. Was actually. It the Bulls? Remember when Master P played for the Raptors? Yeah, that's weird. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> really weird. Yeah. Who? But, what? Yeah, what but, team? What? Who? Nah, uh, <laughs> <laughs> nah. Anyway, we're way off topic here, but there, so we listen to Mud Honey, and Mud Honey is great. And there's a cover, just like the first song I played was a cover, which is kind of interesting. Uh, it's an anti-police song, but it's pretty clear. I uh, hate the police, right? Great song. Mud Honey's awesome. They need more credit than they got. I think. I think they're one of the grunge kind of like. They got I bypassed. Sorry, I don't know if we talked about this in a past episode. I feel like we might have, but where Mud Honey from again? They're from Washington State, at least. Like, I'm assuming Seattle. I always thought they were from Seattle. I thought so too, but I thought maybe I'm thinking of a different band. But I thought you're we thinking were... the Meat Puppets, right? Yes, I am. Yeah, who are from Phoenix, right? Which is not related to this really at all, other than the Nirvana connection, right? Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, I'm the f- I'm the first one to say something off topic. I'm not criticizing. Fuck you, Sam. <laughs> Um, anyway, no, so we'll play Mud Honey, it's a good song, this is one of my favorite bands, I just kind of feel like they, uh, they should have been as popular as, it's kind of like the Fishbone thing, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, like, you're not a big Nirvana fan, but do, what do you think between Mud Honey should have been around the same level, or do you, as Nirvana, or do you... Nirvana had a weird level of fame, like, that was too much. Yeah, like, already. Nirvana shouldn't have been as big as they were. I watched, like, um... Because we were talking about, so, like, we were watching at home here the, uh, the other day, um, some some so on YouTube, and I watched the video of um, Courtney Love reading Kirk Cobain's suicide note. Ugh. Why is he? Because we were talking about we were talking about related topics, and then like it, I, they got around to us, and like I hate his suicide note, and it was just like how pissed off I'm. But her assholes. commentaries, even commentaries, worse. yeah, yeah, it's. Then yeah. why do you stay around, asshole? Fucking Your fans loved you, yeah. but it's like. Um, <laughs> The thing, the thing about like what you're saying about Kirk Cobain and the pretentiousness and stuff with the lyrics. They just quit. Yeah. Why you just quit then? I don't even need to talk about it. You just yeah. Sorry, go ahead. No, no, it's cool. It's cool. Um, it's like that's kind of what I did. That kind of side of his stuff is what I didn't like about it. Like a lot of lyrics are like that. You know, I mean, not like expressly like oh I hate being a rock star, but it's all just like he talks. He calls himself uh, something like stupid Pisces Jesus man or something, and it's just like. On. Like and a lot of the songs are like that, and those are the Nirvana songs I don't like. But then you got a song like Milk It, 
And the lyrics are like, uh, the chorus are dull steak test meat, and he's just screaming it. Like, I like that. It doesn't mean anything to me, but I just, it sounds cool. And I kind of find that when he's more like, I don't know. You know what I mean? Like, and not so much in like singer songwriter mode, and more just yeah. like we're gonna make noise and scream. Just make shit. something that sounds like I think it sounds really good. And like uh, my favorite Nirvana song is "Endless Nameless," mm-hmm. which is just like a big noise rampage, right? And it's like which is the the secret track on Nevermind. Oh, Nevermind, yeah, I love it. I love it. So I mean, I think I like Nirvana for different reasons than a lot of people do. Like, and it ties in because he was really influenced by the Beatles, who I'm not a fan of. So a lot of the stuff on Nevermind is really poppy, and is really like. Uh, kind of more traditional structure and stuff, right? And I'm not into that so much, but then Side 2 of In Utero has a lot of the like, Tourette's and like uh, Milk It and stuff, which I'm more kind of raw and weird. So anyway, Mud Honey is, uh, we're kind of avoiding them because we're talking about Nirvana, but we'll play the song and we'll watch the... Uh, That's Mud Honey's like almost, their, their curse too, is that it's almost like you can't talk about Mud Honey without talking about Nirvana which without is like, the stuff that came it's out really them, right? sad yeah. for them because they're like a really legitimate band in well, themselves and some of these guys were in Green River with the guys from who went on to become Pearl Jam right and it's like they have all these connections uh, to other bands that like got way bigger than them and I think I mean I don't know if I necessarily like Mud Honey better than either of those bands I mean I really like Mud Honey and definitely at equal level as both of those May- just because Pearl Jam should have stopped after four albums in or so and three then, albums I like No Code No Code's pretty shitty it's not at the level of the other three though yeah they should have just done Versus that was it Vitology I think Vitology's is, good actually no. I think Vitology's better than Versus no I, no. I think I was, talking to, I was talking with John about this earlier I think I think Versus has the best Pearl Jam songs yeah I think Go Animal Blood. WMA Indifference Blood yeah are the best Pearl Jam songs yeah but the filler, Glorify G is a horrible That's song. That's true, it is. Daughter is a horrible song. Uh, Woman Behind the, the Counter, Counter is a small horrible town, yeah. song. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I can't listen to that shit. You're right, you're right. <laughs> but Vi- I Vitology, even though I don't think it has any songs that are as good as Straight through, uh, yeah. the great songs on Versus, yeah. I think you can listen to it all the way through. That's true. Even the weird stuff, like Stupid Mop? Well, you know. Bugs. They're doing acid, I guess. I, guess yeah. I like Bugs. I think Bugs is a really good song. The accordion yeah, like, or whatever's going like on there? Yeah, yeah, I like... Yeah. Tremor Christ. Tremor Christ is great, yeah. Uh, yeah not, like, not for you, obviously. Not for you is yeah. good. Like, Spin the Black Circle. Like, Satan's Bed. Satan's Bed. Like, those are good songs. Like, yeah. you can listen to that shit. It's good, yeah. Those are all... I think 10 is unlistenable. Not because it's bad, but because it's just too, too much. Too done. Yeah, it's like over. Like, I can't... Have you heard do... the... Did you hear the remaster? Yeah, you played it for me. And it does sound different. It sounds it, better. It sounds better, but it's like... I can't. I still can't listen to it. Like, I know what you mean. Every I, single song is a hit single. You're on 92 City of Hour. Yeah, and it's... Yeah. And I don't, and it's like you just associate it with those dumb jocks who listen to 92 City FM or yeah. Power 97. It's like, can't... For sure. Can't get down with it. Anyway, this is like... Uh, let's just play Mud Honey, and I'll show you guys a Nirvana video, and then we can uh, go Ramble on. Ramble on. Uh, yeah, we got it. This is uh, getting to be a long one here, so... Yeah. Let's tighten it up. Screw you, Doug, and your button. Yeah, Doug.
That was Mud Honey Hate the Police. I don't understand how um, uh, how crowd surfing is a way to enjoy music. Is it a way to enjoy music or just oh, a way to enjoy yourself? It's a way to have fun at a show. Yeah. So could you like... Could you just get a bunch of friends together and just like crowd surf without music? You need some noise in the background. Yeah, you need some. I mean, it's it's, it's but it's the same way people. It's like people dancing, right? But it's aggressive music, so it's like. But you're not dancing because, like, when you're dancing, you're like almost joining in on on the music because right. you're dancing to the rhythm and you're. But like, I think it's just washing isn't. I think it's just that off. I don't I think washing is weird. I think washing too. is weird too. But I mean, I did at the time when I was fifteen or whatever. But I think that it's just a an addition to jumping into each other. You. Bumping into each other all the time, and then all of a sudden someone gets thrown up in the air, and then people just carry that. I think that's where it comes from. Is it this community feeling of like I'm held up by my brethren? I guess. I, I think it's. I hope my brethren don't drop me on the cement. I think it's like this. Just like fun. I'm drunk. I'm at a show. Let's try it. I think that's probably more. I don't think there's anything. I think there's any deeper meaning behind it. It's dumb. Yeah. Well, I'm watching too. Like I mean, you know, when I was 15, where it was fun, but now I go to a show. Is there still? Yeah. Like if I go to a show and it's like uh, this is happening, I, and as people that are doing it are my age group, I'm just like, what is? Like, it just seems weird, you know? Like, now I'll go to a show, I want to sit in the back, I want to sit down if I can, or stand up maybe, and I want to just watch the show and, like, talk to people and, like, you know? Right. I don't, I don't want to go... Yeah, even, I remember going to, when we would go to, like, the, um, uh, Aussies All Ages yeah, nights, yeah. there would be, because we were, like, 14, we're 15. Like, yeah, if that. 14, like, maybe, uh, yeah. uh, there would be huge dudes with, like, the suspenders. Yeah. And just, like, ripping around, it's like, holy shit, that person is going to just destroying well and if you go to hardcore shows too especially back in the 90s and stuff where people are doing like the floor punching and stuff floor punching which is like hilarious to watch right and the, the, you're is that what they is it, is it what they sound like they're doing this like thing and they're doing like kung fu moves in the pit and I, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not even joking this is a real thing and they would like we used to invent hardcore dance moves like me and some people like, like uh, I don't what was that sick of it all video where they had all the they sick. featured all like the uh, the different dance. You know what I'm talking about, yeah. yeah so floor yeah. punching, and there's like the, uh, the the picking up your wallet. We you throw a wallet on the ground. <laughs> <laughs> but like we used to make them up, and we used to play go to you know play a lot of punk shows with the ska band. And it'd be like a few of us would just like go in there when some hardcore band was playing and start you know like carrying each other around doing weird. But I remember going to a show that um, I don't even remember who what band it was played, but like there was a guy who cleared out the rest of the pit because he was doing kung fu. <laughs> Like kicking people and stuff. First time I saw um, Malfaction, I got I didn't know what was about to happen. They just got on the stage. I hadn't heard them before. I'm like 14, and I got like punched halfway across the room. <laughs> like, first chord, it's boom, yeah. and I'm on the ground like what the fuck, you know. But and then you look at the crowd. It's like okay, that's what's going on. Like this is, I don't know. I like the thing is like I think uh, Winnipeg crowds are particularly um, stiff. Yeah. Like, obviously you have those hardcore shows where people are moshing and stuff. Um, but I think for the most part, crowds just, like, stand there and stand watch. with arms yeah. crossed, like... Yeah, yeah, yeah there's for sure And, like, even, that, yeah. if, even if you don't... Like, even if even if they enjoy the music, they don't... You can't tell there's no... Until the yeah. end of the song and they clap. Yeah. But, like, if... Like, if, when I go to see a show, yeah, I like to sit, too. Depending on the kind of band, though, like, if it's good, I like to dance. Like, I like, yeah. I like to dance. Yeah, but it's... I got uh, some moves, and I'm not afraid to show it. That's cool. But, like... Uh, I don't. I don't get the whole moshing, and I guess like when you're young and like, that's what it is. And it's like yeah, you're getting fun. your aggression out. Really it's fun, fun, yeah. yeah. It's really all fun, yeah. I don't get the crowd surfing. Not to say the crowd surfing. I tried isn't a few cool. shows when I was like teenager. Crowd surfing. Punk it it just seems like in I that stage dove at gob. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Because <laughs> the people, the people who are listening, won't 
get the fact that we the for, for the Mud Honey song we watched the video of them right. playing it live. Yeah, we watched the live video. We and it, video. it's so it's like 1993, like you said. Yeah. So it's after like grunge. That's like almost like the peak of grunge, right? Because it's yeah. after Nevermind. It's after Ten. And your girl and verses were just coming out, like in terms right. of big name stuff, right? Like so. So you have this kind of like verses um, already been out, but your girl was coming out. So you just kind of have this like mimicry of these kids. They see it on a music video. Yeah, they see, see it. Like they the, see it in the even flow video, and the they're like, video. "I'm going to do this," and it's and like they climb up to the rafters and jump off the thing. Right, and it's like this completely like plastic version of like. Yeah. It just seems really weird to me. Well, I, I mean, go back to what we we're talking about at the beginning of the show. Go to a ska show. What's everyone doing? Yeah, I don't think there are ska shows anymore. Okay, well, <laughs> but that was the ska dance. I never knew everyone, what that was about. Everyone's doing the same dance. It's like basically line dancing. I mean, you're not line dancing, but it's no different. I mean, yeah. you know, I mean, it was fun to do when I went to ska shows, but people were, you know, but yeah. So anyway, just because we got to get things rolling here, we're running out of time on our, you know, I need to get sleep uh, thing. I'm gonna we're gonna watch the Paul McCartney and Nirvana thing because you two guys haven't seen it yet, and uh, we can maybe just talk about it on the air really quickly, and then Rob's gonna play a song. That is related to local music. Yep. So this is the. John, can you turn off the background uh, noise? This is Paul McCartney at the 12 12 12. So, what songs that they didn't play any of It's a new song. Songs? It's a song they wrote together. What? This is going to be terrible. Um, I'm going to find a different version of it. I want to hear this shit. Well, we'll listen to it for a couple minutes because you guys wanted to hear it. Uh, I don't want to hear it either, but. So, here we go. So, what is that thing he's playing? Some guys asked me to go and jack. <sighs> what the fuck? Oh, it's this little thing that I found in a flea market. It's beautiful. It's actually from 1923. But it probably cost him like seven billion dollars, which is Paul McCartney. Probably had some like Italian guy rose from the dead to make it for him. The other thing that bothers me is if you look at him, right? He's 70 years old. Chris Novoselic's what, like 45? He looks younger because of plastic surgery and stuff. He's like, come on, buddy. Like, there's no way Paul McCartney still has black hair or whatever. No, his hair is. But I don't know if he said like plastic surgery. He would. He would. <laughs> I don't even know what that means. You would. Oh, anyway, one thing I like about this though is that Dave Grohl, if you watch him drum, he seems like he really loves drumming still. Like, you know, a lot of the people drum their professionals are just like, like Phil Collins type shit, you know? But Dave Grohl is like full on, like he's. Yeah, it seems like that's the only way he knows how to. Yeah. That's how he, that's how he does it. See, Chris Knight, look at him. Look at that shirt, it's wow. awesome. And Pat Smear just looks so it's happy. It's like he's reviewing like Beetlejuice or something. Yeah. Like, check it out, look at how happy Pat Smear looks. Pat Smear is fat now. Yeah, it's weird, eh? Good for him. Yeah. <laughs> George Ruthenberg, isn't that his name? Is that his German? He's German, yeah. Really? He's German? German, black, and native. Apparently. I would I would have guessed the black and native, yeah. but not German. This is very blues rocky. He's still got that same smile on his him, stupid though. face when he plays guitar. See, I don't know, it's like, uh, and I know people are like not watching us watch this, but, um, like a girl playing drums, he's really into it. Yeah. And like, I don't like the Foo Fighters, I'm not. No. I like their first album at the time. Still singing but, backup. Yeah, yeah. It's but terrible. he's a good, good drummer. Yeah, fuck the Foo Fighters. Yeah. But this isn't what a Nirvana song would sound like if it was still in Nirvana, right? Like. No, this is dumb. I hate this. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, maybe we should be talking here. It's just like dead air in this crappy it, recording of it. It's uh, 
Kurt Cobain would probably be really happy about this. You think so? Because well, Paul McCartney Beatles, Beatles fan. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure they grow I'm sure the other guys are probably too, right? They grew up in the same kind of era, right? They were born in the 60s, so like... Or they're growing old. Yeah. Hard to say. Probably heard more of it. You know, well, I mean, he's... Regardless, he's a reference an icon. For, yeah. yeah, yeah, for sure, yeah. Like, I, I don't even like the Beatles. If I met Paul McCartney, I'd probably like start Well, crying. Paul McCartney said like, hey, do you want to play in a show with me? Or yeah. Like, yeah, sure. I'd do, you know, what yeah. you, right? Sing about diseases. Yeah, whatever, like... Anyway, we don't need to watch that. That would be thing. amazing if fucking Paul McCartney <laughs> was the front man of the mouth button. <laughs> yeah, let's, right, let's stop it. Anyway, you get the idea, right? That would be incredible, yeah. Whatever. So. Cares was dumb. Yeah. I hated that. Yeah, so. Did you watch that whole thing? Yeah, I watched the whole this. So, yeah. yeah no, 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 it. the whole. Um, Call, no, I, I don't have no. cable. I'm, yeah, okay. I just. Because I, I cut some of it the next day. and I don't, I'm not I, saying I, I don't I have cable like, to be cool, though. I mean, <laughs> I know a lot of people like, I don't have TV. I, I, I watch a lot of TV. You didn't have I cable before it was. No, I just don't want to pay for cable, so I just, uh, like... Yeah, yeah, I happened to be working at a house with it the next day, so yeah. I was watching some of it, but I couldn't I couldn't sit through it. I just get TV the same way I get music completely legally. <laughs> anyway, you were going to play a song. Uh, we all know Mud Honey, we all know they're great, and they should have been the best, biggest band in the world after Fishbone. It didn't happen. <laughs> and, like, grunge is awesome, but not when people do that to it. So, you're going to play a song by a local band that... I'm going to play a song by a local group. <laughs> <laughs> I have trouble controlling the volume of my voice. Uh, so yeah, like we were talking about before, there's so many songs about the police you could you could play, and I, I try to limit uh, my rap songs that I play because there's so many rap songs I could play. Wait, so you just two of the three? Yeah, this time around, hmm. Sam. Thanks for pointing that out. <laughs> but uh, I wanted to play this because it's local and it's by uh, some friends of mine. It's uh, "The Law" by Fermented Reptile. Uh, Fermented Reptile was, I think, the first. Um, it was the first local CD I'd heard. I'd heard, I'd seen Farm Fresh perform yeah. before this. I like Farm Fresh. Um, but this was the first, like... Did you see Farm Fresh at that propaganda show? Yeah, at the yeah. Rock Against Racism. Yeah. Yeah. At the yeah. Rendezvous. Yeah, it was a good wow. show. Yeah, and, uh... That's the first time I saw Farm Fresh. Your dad picked yeah. us up and I had to miss most of propaganda. I was pissed off. Yeah, I had to leave early and miss most big chunk of propaganda, too. Yeah. That was actually the first time that I actually started really thinking maybe I should listen to more rap than what is on the radio. Right. I didn't really... I mean, I yeah, wasn't no too exposed to it. But anyway, sorry, go on. Like, um, so... We were off to this, yeah. Yeah. So this was like the, the so from even though I had heard that I'd probably heard Moodruff because Moodruff performed at our high school a few yeah, times. Yeah, that's right. Too. Yeah, yeah. But Fermented Reptile was the, actually the first album of a local group I had heard, and uh, it it blew my mind because it was it this was around ninety nine, I think it was the right when the Fermented Reptile album came out, which was around ninety nine, and uh, ninety nine. I so at that point I was like I kind of evolved in my rap liking from you know Cypress Hill and House of Pain to like a little more I still like that stuff that stuff's great too but I'm saying like you know I started there but then got into more like uh underground lyrical stuff so when I heard Fermented Reptile I think I was like I was really in the right mindset for it and it kind of blew me away I, like I didn't realize that people from my city were making rap music that was that good. That was that good, exactly. So it kind of took me aback, and then, like, obviously after that, I became a huge, uh, I, I dug way more into the local Winnipeg rap scene, which had, you know, a lot of amazing acts. And yeah. especially, like, Fermented Reptile is really special because you had Pipskid from... Farm Fresh. From Farm Fresh and from Peanuts and Corn, and Peanuts and Corn had 
uh, you know, like John Smith and McEnroe yeah. and Honeycutt and Moodruff's first records and, uh, you know, so many different acts. And then you had, also in Fermenter Reptile was Gruff, who was, Freak Gruff show. was in Freak Show yeah. and Twisted Spirits with, like, Ismaila and, uh, um, you know, Shazam and... So it's just kind of these meeting of two worlds on yeah. or in Fermented Reptile. So really, that album is really good still. Like, uh, yeah. I mean, I, I obviously wasn't as into it as much as you were because you, I mean, you still know all these people. I don't know them personally and stuff, but um, I at the time, kind of, I guess, the early two thousands, I got a lot of the peanuts and corn stuff, and this is one of the ones I listen to still probably most often of all of them, which is yeah. good. It's still really holds up. Yeah, it's really, really. This album particularly is really political. It's really. They're really educated. They're not just spouting off. They really know what they're talking about. It's not just about the police. Yeah. <laughs> um, which has its place. Yep. But, um, yeah, so... Um, yeah, um, the last... Earlier this year, I got to uh, go on the road with both Gruff and Pipskid out west, western Canada, and they actually played some songs from this oh, album. That's cool. And it's amazing because you go out and you see kids, and this album's from 99, Yeah. and you go out and you see people who still love this stuff, like still know yeah. the lyrics to it. It's like, it's really iconic. Like, it's a really yeah. iconic record. And like, even though like a small part of the world, but like in Western Canada, like I'd say people know it. probably Thunder Bay to, to Victoria, people know it. People know it. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Yeah. It's a really good album. Uh, this was actually like I mean I'm glad I didn't pick it for my thing because I don't know you know you obviously have a personal connection to it right because you know them and like uh, but I just was on my kind of long list not that I made a list but like when I was thinking of songs about the police I remember thinking oh yeah this but then I figured if anyone's gonna play it it should be you because you know you're in the involved in that scene like yeah so. and uh, yeah so do you wanna... so let's play it the yeah, cool. the law by fermented reptile you see this watch. See this watch? Yeah. That watch costs more than your car. I made $970,000 last year. How much you made? You see, pal, that's who I am, and you're nothing. the army so don't start with me i'm twisting arms of false alarms and hauling ass crashing parties i'm harming those with flaws for some who rise above the laws with legal spies who penalize if colonies don't priorize my prying eyes will fry or hide inside my district so if you're on my streets you'll be the treatment for my sickness prove yourself the quickest and i'll put you on my shit list then invade your privacy to make you take my bribery yeah i'll cause a rivalry underground and undercover agents and surveillance where you least expect assailants we project that we protect respecting those who pay taxes but the fact is a pacifist can leave me in rage easy to break smash and wound i'm putting you in a cage this anger grips nightsticks and pepper spray with a menacing trigger to take your life quick and devastate so don't fuck with me i am the law i am the law that assassin you ever saw designated to make sure things run run smooth so don't fuck with me trust that your city is safe I am the law, I am the law, the baddest ass you ever saw, designated to make sure things run, run smoothly, so don't fuck with me, and trust that your job is secure, 
I'm a suit wearing, strike breaking, strip a bacon, back aching, people's time taken. Fine, collect the legal tender labor law, then to get in a bigger cut than government in a beer vent, a scab employing. I use things for sound and sight, they will hand in a full report before you leave at night. Guilt tripping, into shape, ass whipping. Don't show up on time, fuck excuses, I'll be flipping, chair sitting, order giving, suburban living, homeless hating, unemployed making, motive driven. Dominion advised more than handshake Cause all kinda fake keep on sucking asshole And maybe you will escalate from spot surpriser Pay increase to supervisor Meetings to manager Capital enterpriser Eyes obedient small from handing down such oppression Immigrant Russian that cleans my toilet Needs a lesson lost her job Hold it and shine have that span So I hired a spit to come and purify the can Stock market reading while I'm shitting Teeth gritting body yacht club bragging Spitting, hitting police with donations, a new weapons, and a station, and me I support it. College boys club creation, learn your name later. Human rights violator, world of light shader, working class annihilator. Full time job terminator, terminator, terminator. Good morning, pigs. Good morning, you fascists, you bigots, you fags. You bastards! Fuzz. So that was uh, the law by Fermented Reptile, uh, Winnipeg rap group pr produced by uh, Mac and Row. Um, uh, oof, I don't know. That was on their their only album. Let's just call you quits. Have they ever like had any plans of doing anything else? Like I, I mean... think they have a plan of putting out another record, but I think they're kind of both. Uh, just caught up in their own lives. They're both uh, well into their 30s. They're, you know, they have obviously Pipskid's still making music. Yeah, uh, is Gruff pretty still making music? Yeah, Gruff has a solo record that I think is recorded and coming out on Marathon of Dope, uh, hopefully oh, really? 2013. Awesome. Look forward to that, yeah. I really like his, uh, you know, it's funny because at the time, like when this came out, I didn't like his stuff as much as I like Pipskid's, like on that record and stuff. I, I like both of them on the record, but just in general at the shows and stuff, because I, you know, I went to a bunch of those. Yeah. But now I kind of, I, I've kind of gone back and listened to his solo albums and stuff. Dr well, Druidry is ridiculous. Is amazing. Yeah, that's one of the uh, Druidry is one of the best. It's real. I mean, things I, that ever come out of Winnipeg musically, like it's it's amazing. And I way after the fact, I finally like checked it out. You know, I mean, I heard a lot of the songs, you know, and I heard them on other stuff, and on this album, obviously. But that this album's crazy. I wish I had actually paid more attention to it at the time. Like it wasn't that I didn't like him. It's just that I thought I was more into the kind of style that Pipsky was doing because it was more aggressive. I guess maybe I don't know. Yeah, it's got a lot of energy punk rock. More punk rock, yeah. Which is kind of. More and I mean, to be fair, uh, Pipskid's first solo record, um, uh, "Friends Forever." Yeah, I have that too. It's good. Is I like that that album is amazing. That album is like beyond judgment. Like you can't even give it a five star rating because it just it's beyond. It's such. Yeah, a good it has record. an amazing album cover too. Yeah. With yeah, the with Africa medallion and stuff, yeah. and in the forty ounce, yeah, yeah, and he's like, no, yeah. yeah, it's a great, it's a great, great record. All that, pe like all that, that, that first wave of peanuts and corn records. Like I was even thinking about like John Smith's first solo record, uh, Blunderbuss. Yes, really is good. amazing. Yeah, you know, like, I still, it's I, like genius. That I still record. love that rollerblading song. I know it's kind of gimmicky, but it's so good. It's so funny. It's yeah. amazing. Yeah. It's like. But like, there's other songs. Oh, there's other stuff on that record. Yes, I said that, that are too. just mind blowing. Yeah. Like his his content and his his 
form and style yeah. like so how do they yeah how do they take it like because there's some like ridiculously good rap that's come out of Winnipeg that I know it's kind of it's got some popularity in Canada but you know it doesn't have the well, appreciation that it maybe should but the thing is like when Peanuts and Corn was really popping they're putting out all those great records they were they were about to blow like they were uh, on Herb Herb Magazine's Next 100 which like I don't know if you guys know what that is but like other people in Herb Magazine's Next Top 100 are famous now you know yeah so it's like they had the opportunity they were putting out great records and I just think I don't exactly know the full story I'm sure if if we could talk to some of those guys they'd be able to give us way more detail but I think it just came down to the fact that they maybe got a little bit burned out they also kind of started to they're, they're all weird guys, too, really opinionated, opinionated guys. So I think they also started to hate some of their fans, maybe. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so it was just like, it just, they started to make a lot more sarcastic music. Yeah, yeah, for you know? sure. And I think people didn't really get that turn in them. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe we should try to get them and we should do a, some kind of a program. Yeah, I mean, it, you, like. at least we should be able to get Pips getting here talking about that stuff. That'd be really cool. But um, also, uh, like Farm Fresh, but even before the whole peanuts and corn thing really popped off, Farm Fresh were like being courted by labels, and they were, they were, op- they were on tour opening up for the Rio Statics. The guys, they have a song on, on that uh, compilation with the guy the Rio Statics. Yeah, yeah, and they were like, um, it's funny because the Bare Naked Ladies are in town um, playing with the Symphony, yeah. and uh, and uh, Patrick works, Pipskid works at the Tallest Poppy, that restaurant yeah. on Main Street. And I guess the drummer from Bare Naked Ladies came in. Oh, you recognize her something? No, and Pipskid was like, hey, man, like, how are you doing? Like, I was I was actually on stage with you. And the guy was like, really, where? Like, yeah. apparently he was like an asshole about it. <laughs> and Patrick yeah. was like, well, in Toronto at this venue on this day. Yeah. And the guy was like, oh. And then, like, but apparently he's a huge asshole about it. But, like, like yeah, like, they were going to, they were going to <laughs> Toronto, like, and having, having lunch with, like, A&Rs and stuff. Yeah. Wow. And, but like labels wanted to make them the next Beastie Boys because that yeah, that's, that's what right. was popular. Well, also the the look of it, right? Three white yeah. kids kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. And and they were just like, we don't want to be the next Beastie yeah. Boys. Hmm. I, um, like at least they did make awesome. Yeah, they made they made good they made so. music. I never actually heard the the the, the later one they did because they did a Farm Fresh album like times, years times later. Up or something. I didn't hear it because I uh, I was really I really liked that that CD compilation have all the old tapes and everything. I love it. I think it's great. But I just didn't. I think maybe I wasn't listening to this kind of stuff as much then or something. I don't know. But uh, I'm sure I personally good. think the stuff they did after Farm Fresh is, is well, like from Metro better. better. Yeah, for sure. But also McEnroe solo yeah. records and and Pipskin solo Pipskin's records for sure, yeah. and like yeah. yeah, it's good. I don't know. It's like does that label still do much now? I mean, because it seems like a lot of those guys are on like, McEnroe still releases records pretty. Uh, yeah, actually, that's true. I've, I've actually seen some of his. He uh, actually just and John Smith just came out with a new record with McEnroe. Right. Um, well, so did Yai recently, didn't he, too? Like, last year or something? Not last year. Year before? Uh, oh, it might have been a while ago. I think they did videos for it. Oh, well, maybe that's what I'm thinking. After the, the video, fact. yeah. Um, but yeah, they, they, they steadily put out music. I think they just kind of have jobs now and just kind of, like, have a life. Well, so, like, every, I mean, like, most people, right? When yeah, you get, you but, get they still, but they still make music and they still that's put cool. it out that's for cool. sure. That's good. And, like, actually, McEnroe just put out uh, an EP earlier this year which is just four songs and um it's good I love it I yeah. think it's amazing I think What's it's it called? 
you know what I wish I wish I could remember, but it, it's it's really good. I think it's great. Do, do you know what I'd like to? Um, this is kind of off topic, but just because we were talking, you know, just a few minutes ago, saying like, oh, it'd be cool to get one of, one of these guys on here or something, just to like talk to them about this kind of stuff, right? One thing I'd I'd like to do for a podcast as like an, not just as part of this one, but for a different show. Maybe if someone is listening and likes the idea, let me let us know. Um, would be to um, get someone like say, you know, if, for Arisa. example. Get the RZA, but I mean, if you could get Pips to get in here, right, and just be like, or we do record it wherever, and just be like, okay, where we select like a bunch of songs or that he's done over the years, it doesn't have to be him, anybody, right? Yeah. Could even be oh, you. Get some and just be like, like don't yeah. tell him what the songs are. Just be like, this song. Yeah. Like you know, what to deal with it. That's a great idea. And I think we know enough people who play music that we could. Yeah. I mean, we could even do it with each other. Yeah. You know, and just be we like, don't do tell anyone ahead of time. This is this is the format. We should do it with like with Doug when he comes to town or something. You know, get check out his yeah. Let's do that. that. I think that's a great. And idea. just be like, here's like you know, and we know. Yeah. I think we know some that's people have, have pretty good catalogs of music. Even Jesse, we get Jesse on here. You know, I like, also <laughs> found a few. The thing is, Jesse wouldn't right? wear shoes. It's alright. Or I found, <laughs> can't see it. I found like taste the fresh, <laughs> made his touch. Are you serious? Was which police it for sure? <laughs> what is it? Is it is that what it's called? Like no, there's a taste the fresh air. It's already on which police. It's Jesse solo. Yeah, that's solo Get recording. your facts straight. <laughs> I actually have another Jesse album that I, I haven't even told Jesse that I have that showed up somewhere. It's on a CDR and it's, uh, I don't know what it says. Found Matt Sibinal? Angel Eyes. He has an album, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah I know, I found it. Saying. Yeah, I found let's, it in the well, basement. Well, let's put it on, can you, do you know him still? I uh, know. Last time is. I saw that guy was like four years ago in line at 7-Eleven and he goes, hey man, do you still play harmonica? <laughs> <laughs> I said, yeah, he's, he's, probably like a, he, he's probably like an architect now. He's, he was he he a nice guy. I, I didn't even know him very well. He was a really nice guy, yeah. He's got a guitar, too, as far as I remember. Yeah, his album was decent. Yeah. Well, let's get it on Wish, please. I'd all love right. to get get all the albums on Wish, please. I would love to get Jesse on this. I would love to get Jesse on this. Yeah. There's like five people I want to get on this already that I'm thinking of like, as soon as, you know, like... I'd like to get Jesse on here to just but sing everything he says. That'd be great. His beautiful, syrupy voice. Yeah. But think about how much great stuff we could ask Jesse about song-wise, right? I mean, he's, you know, he'd ask him about some Cricket Brothers songs currently, then be like, okay, Juice Box, and then you could wait on uh, Fortitude of Stench. Does anyone have that? Like, that right? <laughs> oh, wow. Wow. The Super Farmers, like, you know? Yeah. <laughs> like, just as I mean, any one of us that would work for, right? Just, but, like, I mean, you know, like, you, we have so much of your old stuff, like, you know, pulled the Watson album, like, you know, what's yeah. the deal with uh, Mile North and North Pole or whatever, like, you know? Where'd that part come from? Uh, why did you do that Fresh Prince thing? Like, you know, like that kind of stuff. Yeah, I we think should, we, we should do that. We should do it. We should just like change the format of the show completely. <laughs> Tur- turning point. Let's just burn every episode we've made so far. Yeah, fuck it. Yeah. Sorry guys, Stop you, you haven't listened scratch. to any Rip previous it up episodes. Start again. Burn it onto a CD. Oh. Illegally. No. <laughs> Illegally. Can we call it the new show Rip It Up and Start Again? Just because we talk about that book every we episode? call it Start It Up and Rip It. Rip Again. <laughs> start rip It again. Up Rip Again. Rip Again. All right, okay, i got to go to sleep, so John, what's your song? All right, I'm going to play a song by Atlas Sound. Atlas Sound being the solo project by the... Atlas Shrugged, more like it. ...main member of, uh... of, uh, Deer Hunter. There's so many bands with deer in their names. Brad... Yeah, well, there's... How many are there? There's and Deer Wolf, Hoof. Wolf is the worst. There's so Deer Tick. Deer Tick, Deer Hunter... Deer Hoof. I can't think of any more. Those three is bad enough. That's bad know. enough. That's pretty... That's a deer John. Yes. The Deers. Oh. The Deers. Um, the Irredeerimals. Just play... The, what's the song about? Uh, the it's not about the police because it's John. Of course not. No, no, it's opposite day. The song John's is brain. about flowers. It's okay. called... Uh, flowers and lollipops. <laughs> pick the petals. 
It's called John would like to be a hippie if he wasn't so repressed. I'm really trying hard to be a hipster. <laughs> hippie, you said. I know, but I'm onto hipster now. Well, you have a weird scarf. <laughs> I it's already attracted commentary in previous episodes. What's this like France tour to France shirt going on here? It's pretty awesome. Uh, I don't understand it. So this song is called Criminals. It's the solo project from the main member of Deer Hunter. Um, it's good. I like his music. He makes really, uh, yeah, really nice tunes. All right. And uh, do we have an upcoming episode? Yeah. Do you want to uh, preview? I don't know what we're going to do because the holidays are coming up and stuff, so if we have time to get together, uh, we'll do one. If not, the episode theme is going to be Fire. Fire. And just because, well, solely because I want to play this one particular Blood Brothers song. And i got to make a theme around it. Yeah, I was thinking about a state. I, I, I took down about five potential. I have one uh, song. I know I'm going to play. Fire songs. Okay. Well, let's play this thing and then let's uh, call it rap and then uh, go to sleep. Bonsoir, mes amis. All right, I'm not going to go to sleep. I'm going to go drink it. Whichplease.blogspot.com. <laughs> Download all this stuff for free. We're done. Yeah.